And a happy Friday morning to you. It is Glenn Clark Radio. Glenn Clark, Griffin Bass, Carson Triweekly, Stan the Fan Charles back in studio with us on a Friday. Good to see you, sir. Good to see you. Good to see all the boys. I don't know if you got your powder donut this morning, but there are still some more donuts out there. If you, my one, that's good. You're good. Film, that's yeah. the way it goes. I had a couple people ask. Uh, we had we. We went. To, we sent uh, young Carson out to the chicken tender store yesterday that opened in Towson. Everybody's freaking about, freaking out about. Yeah. He had to wait in a seventy-five minute line to get some chicken tenders. I had some people questioning me. Did you really eat those? I said I had one. I had How one. The chicken tender itself was fine. The sauce, incredible, incredible. The sauce, incredible sauce. My God, if they bottled that sauce, I would purchase it by the bathtub. I mean, it's it's outstanding. The chicken tenders themselves. Yeah, they're chicken, Ch- chicken tenders. tenders. They're, they're, I'm not, they're not. They're definitely not bad. But they're, they're not as good as Chick Fil A. No, no, no. But that's all right. That's yeah. all right. They, they, everybody, everything Those has its place. Aren't. Correct. Yeah. Everything has its place. I have no problem with it. Well, I, I enjoy any business coming to the neighborhood and trying to help out the community and and do good things. Right. So uh, welcome to the neighborhood. Good things in the I have community. I have no idea yet. <laughs> no clue. But I'm trying to just. Say something and move on. And we give them a gold star. Gold I don't, I don't 13, want to dis- thirteen salute. I don't want to disparage the chicken tender store because who knows they might want to be partners of of I'm the press, press, press box yeah, at course. some point in the future. So I don't want to do that. I either. always view every business as a potential partner. I I, I tend to agree. Yeah. Uh, it's good to see tender. You tend to agree. Tender, tender to, to agree. agree. Not yeah. bad. Not bad. Stan the Fan is here. A lot to do on a Friday edition of the program. This Coming is up the in big Hall of Fame reveal. This is the big Hall of Fame reveal. we got to get our levels fixed a little bit. we got to do something about that. When I think I think maybe we turned the master up a bit too much yesterday, Griffin, when we were uh, playing around. We, had, uh, we have some new things that we're trying to make work because we've had uh, some funny things going on with the mics in the studio and... There's been a lot happening, so we're trying Testing to get it. one, two, three. There's test. Stan. I fine. There's Stan. Testing, yeah. There's Stan right there. And then uh, Carson, I think, has the roving mic that we're trying to make sure can work again. So we're working on that. Maybe we should have tested these before the show began. I don't know. Carson, say hello. Say Testing one, two, three. Carson sounds immaculate. Yeah. God yes. sounds immaculate. You're all really pretty today, too, by the way. Thank you, Carson. And Griffin sounds terrible no matter well, what. There's well, nothing we can on, do about, there's nothing we can do about that. I think that. I sound, yeah, I sound pretty good today. You do, you do, Mr. Ben. Yes, as Stan points out, coming up a little bit later on in the program, Dave Ginsburg, our friend, longtime AP sports writer here in Baltimore. He's technically retired, but it's technically he still works. Like he still goes out and covers games and writes and things like that. But he's not. Yeah, but he's at full the time. beach a lot more. Correct. He's, he's smoking cigars a lot. He, more. There is a lot of that. He's enjoying some lobster a lot more. Yeah. He's got a good life, Dave Ginsburg. He so. deserves a good life. He has worked hard, no question. Uh, we're going to check in with Gins a little bit later on in the show. It's our annual tradition. He will unveil his Hall of Fame ballot. If you want a reminder, last year Dave Ginsburg voted for. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Todd Helton, David Ortiz, Andy Pettit, and Billy Wagner. So, of course, a few of those guys are off the ballot. Ortiz because he got in, Bonds and Clemens because they passed the 10-year marker. So we will see how his ballot changes this year for the it, Hall of Fame. It, interesting that the lead leading vote-getter to date right now is Todd is um, Scott Rowland, yes. correct? With Scott. 81%. He's got to hit 75%. And a lot of the naysayers wait until later to get or their don't, votes. Or don't make their, their votes public, votes public yeah. until, yeah, until late. I think, I think So 81 right now, what, what's the date? Another two weeks? 
I believe the announcement, yes, is the week after next. Okay. Yes. So we will... I think Roland is going to make it, but um, but he's not a lock. I get the sense from the folks that do the tracker that yeah. they don't think it's a lock at all for, for Roland. Or uh, obviously Helton's at 79.1% as well at the I moment. Think Helton is going to sort of stick... Right at around that number. Okay. You, know, you don't I, think he has detractors necessarily. I don't think there are as many detractors. See, I would with think him. I think there's a more obvious detraction from Helton, which is Colorado, right. right? Than there is for Roland. Like I, there's no steroids. There's no. It's you either think he was a Hall of Fame baseball player or not. There's nothing that would immediately disqualify him. Now I haven't looked at Helton's numbers for a while, but I remember obviously there is a big bias that his numbers were off the charts in Colorado. Mm -hmm. But I remembered thinking, it's not like he's like a two fifteen, two twenty hitter. This mic again is. I know. I don't know yeah. what's going on with that. Yeah. We'll clean that up. We'll have get to the, throw yeah, it away. We'll, we'll, we'll clean throw it away. <laughs> up. Um, we but anyway. we don't know if it's the mic. If we switch cords, this is what doesn't make sense yeah, about yeah. the whole thing. We're doing we we got a whole lot of stuff yeah. going on, Stan. That, that's the brand new cord. And just I think we got to move the studio. I think it's as simple as well. That. You might get your way. <laughs> you might luck out on all that. I I knew this studio, by the way, was too good to be true. Right, Every, it was had it was going way too well. Where we were like really comfortable. I got here. a funny feeling we're not going to move very far though. Yeah. when we move, I got a funny feeling it's not going to be very. Why far. do I? Smell sardines. Well, that's weird. Future. That part is very. I weird. woke up in the middle of the night last night thinking sardines. Do me a favor. Switch mics with Carson. Let me see Let's if we can identify whether it's the mic or not. We'll go from testing. There. No, no, no. Just we're going to switch the actual microphone from right. the course. Keep the cords the same. Just, just switch. No, no, no. Just pull that microphone off of there, Stan, if you don't mind. Like, unplug it, and then we'll, we'll go that way. What we'll tell you in the meantime is that today's show is brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. You can cash in on the Ravens-Bengals primetime wildcard game. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Sign up and bet $20 with Caesars Sportsbook and automatically get $100 in additional free bets. Just bet $20 and get another $100 to play with. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers now to start winning. Now, we're going to test this again, see if this might not work. Let's see. Stan. Testing, testing, testing. Well, that testing. sounds about a billion times yeah. better. I like that. Sibilance. 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 Now let's see how Carson sounds. Testing. See, Carson's got, it's the mic we are, we're learning there's an issue with the mic, which we did not know before, and that's very weird. We've never had a mic problem. I feel like I had an extra mic around here somewhere, Griffin, if you want to poke around and see if there's in either in one of those two or in my bag, see if we can't find a mic. Stan, we're getting ready for um, Sunday night, of course, around here, coming up on the show as well. Not only are we going to do the Hall of Fame ballot, but also we will uh, check in with our buddy Rocky Boyman. We don't normally do two back straight weeks, back, yeah. right? It doesn't normally happen that way, but sure enough, Rocky Boyman from WLW out in Cincinnati. When you called him, did he say, oh, come on, again? Actually, it was the exact opposite <laughs> this week. Rocky called Griffin right. and asked if I would go on his show oh, okay. this week and then said, and I'm coming on with you guys again on Friday, right? right? And, like we had thought, this is we not, don't I, get that that often. St straight shoot. Yeah. 
I had actually thought about going a different route because I, I thought it right. might be too much right. to ask the same guy to do it. Never too much Rocky. I literally thought, like, maybe we'd invite Solomon Wilcots on this week, something like that. And then when he asked if he could come on again, I was yeah. like, well, what are you gonna say? Bro- no. brother, by all means, right. I appreciate you. So we'll have Rocky Boyman back on. Of course, Bo will join us as he does every Friday to preview the Ravens side of the matchup. And then, as we mentioned, Dave, um, where are you? I would say emotionally as a Ravens fan going into Sunday night. Uh, I'm feeling a little better that Huntley's going to be a- able to play and hopefully throw the football a few times. Uh, when you watch him play, you don't want him throwing all that often, you know, maybe 15, 18 times, mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, very disappointed that uh, our quarterback, our number one quarterback, uh, has been a, a no-show. Well, you know. what did you make of his statement yesterday? I mean, look, um, the the natives are restless. The people I talk to really wonder how hurt he is. I think he is. It, it's it's unfortunate, and and I got to be honest with you, it's it's almost more the reason that I'm really souring on him is that he failed to look at the possibility of this when he turned down the con- the contract that was in front of him. You know, that there was always going to be this possibility that he'd get hurt and people are going to question it. Uh, and I don't know. You know, people assume that they're going to give him $43 million next year, and I, but the cap number will probably go up, won't it? Oh, the cap number is definitely going so up. So by a sizable be amount, forty-six, forty-seven million. Well, for, it wouldn't. That wouldn't make that number go okay. up necessarily. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, I think I think the whole thing has been handled very poorly on his side, not on the Ravens' side. So on the flip side, right? Yep. Well, let me let me for those that missed it, the statement. I don't know who would have missed it, but the statement, right. of course, from Lamar Jackson. Thank you, everyone, for your support and concerns regarding my injuries. I want to give you all an update as I am in the recovery process. I've suffered a PCL grade 2 sprain on the borderline of a strain 3. There is still inflammation surrounding my knee, and my knee remains unstable. I'm still in good spirits as I continue with treatments on the road to recovery. I wish I could be out there with my guys more than anything, but I can't give a one can't give 100% of myself to my guys and fans. I'm still hopeful we still have a chance. So there's a couple of things within there that stand out. The first being, this is the first confirmation that we've gotten that it was a grade two, two. instead of a grade one. That was what a lot of people had said to begin with. A grade one would only be like a one to three week type of injury, right. whereas a grade two would be more significant than that. He says, and again, I don't think that Lamar Jackson actually physically wrote these no, words, I but don't I don't think, think so. it's relevant whether or not he wrote these words because, believe it or not, a lot of people that you follow on Twitter don't write their words exactly themselves either. Yeah. I don't think that's relevant. I think it's somebody writing on his behalf. Um, on the borderline of a strain three, in talking to some folks within the medical community yesterday, the idea is if he had suffered a grade three strain, that's surgery. There's no... Right, there's, no ifs, ands, and buts. Right, there's no coming back. So... There is, if this is true, and again, this is where the conspiracy theory comes in, like, if this is true, the medical people would say, this all checks out. Like, he's trying to push to see if he can get back out on the field, but the reality is he probably never really was going to be able to. The Ravens, if they knew from the get-go, would have preferred saying, well, let's see, than 
just going ahead and putting him on season-ending IR. They wouldn't have wanted to do that if there was any, any chance, chance that, he could make that it Lamar back for the playoffs. could yeah. come back and play. Now, the idea that you could have put him on a four-week IR and had a roster spot for four weeks available, right. that goes that's questionable going back to that, right? Like, if you knew immediately it was a grade two sprain, you could have immediately placed him on IR designated. And had Aaron Rodgers play for you. Probably not that. Probably not the way no, that would have worked no, out, okay. right? Um, but no. you at least would have had yeah. the option to use a roster spot on somebody it, else it, instead of, say, releasing boi- Nick it, Boyle. It just boils down to this, Glenn. It's it's really a very simple fact. I'm not questioning whether Lamar is really hurt legitimately or not, but this is the second straight year he has left his team because of injury in in the lurch, okay? And that's not just his... 80 guys that he says or he you know he wants to be out there with he's left the team in the lurch he's left the whole front office in the lurch he's left and it's not by any anything that he did on the playing field and getting hurt but isn't there a, a light bulb going off and saying geez I kind of understand now why they don't want to they don't want to guarantee all my money over eight or ten years. I'll tell you, I think the the Ravens have a very difficult situation in front of them because I I, I don't know. Don't you think that his value has gone down this no, season? I don't. Okay. I think it's okay. I, I think it's what they want. I think they want this to be the type of thing that makes the value go down, but I think everything we know about how quarterback contracts have worked, it's it's just not true. Okay. The quarterback con- market is the market. Whatever whatever the situation is, you want to negotiate based around these things. You want these things to be relevant. You want them to matter, but the actual quarterback market is dictated by the desperation of teams that have no quarterback and what they're willing to do because of it. So, okay. so you, you're you're fine for the next three or four years to roll the dice every year that Lamar is going to be able. Well, to that's, play these are different. Have, con- those are different conversations, okay. well, right? Like that's a, what I'm. It's that's what I'm question. talking about. I think the Ravens are getting to that point where they're going to say, "Geez, even even if he Natalie wants to sign the contract that we offered him, this second straight year this guy can't go." You know, maybe this is going to be something because his legs, his legs are really what make Lamar Jackson well, I think you have to such think a special it, player. You would have to have a medical. You would have to have your medical team say to you, "Is this someone who is going to deal with chronic injuries, or is this something that's happened fluky twice that could happen to any player in the NFL?" Right? Like those. Are, that's what you'll have to do internally. The difference being what you're bringing up is relevant in black or white decision of is Lamar Jackson our quarterback or not. But there's just no – there is no negotiating with quarterbacks about these things. That's We've seen this over and over and over again. It's why Deshaun Watson, despite everything – I'm not suggesting that the, all of a sudden a light bulb is going to go off and Lamar and Lamar's going to go, geez, okay, you know, you're right. I'm going to – I don't want $350 million anymore because right. I'm susceptible to injury. That's not going to happen. Right. The Ravens, though – don't have to sign Lamar they don't. Jackson. Right. They okay. don't. And that's they at some point can make whatever decision yeah, they, they want to make. And yep. they can attempt to trade him. They can do whatever they want to yep. do. The, the, oh, my point always goes back to everybody wants to think that there's negotiation. You can use these things for but, negotiations but the think, way that baseball teams do. I understand. But you think that if they went out 12 months ago and sort of said, hey, we're willing to listen on Lamar Jackson – you're saying that the offer that they'll get today absolutely is the without, same without question okay. if, if not more I, right I, like it's just the way the nature of the quarterback market I, like the desperation of quarterback needy teams okay. is what drives the market it's looking around and saying 
The Raiders well, had would, somebody that we thought was a quarterback, and they had to move on from right, that because right. they're desperate. The, the Jets are dead. These teams that don't have quarterbacks well, that, are. That's a good. That's good news for Eric DaCosta. And if that's Rashad. the route he's going, yeah. right? If the route they're going is to move on from Lamar Jackson, they'll have no problem recouping a great mm-hmm. deal for Lamar Jackson. But then you don't have a. Then you don't have a quarter. This is always internally the part that we keep coming back to. You can be bothered by all these things. You can think Which there's is some why issue Aaron with Rogers it. is going to end up in Baltimore. I don't think it's going to work out that way, my friend. Right, I got we'll bad news. We'll I don't think that's going to be we'll the case. We'll but see. you have to have a quarterback at the end of the day. Somehow, some way, you've got to have your guys. So if you're bothered by these things, if you think that Lamar Jackson is susceptible to injury and is a risk for some reason, I'm fairly comfortable saying that at this point. I'm, I don't. I would not be comfortable saying that. Okay. I just think too many players get hurt for me to say that because somebody's been hurt twice in their career, that means that there's somehow now a chronic injury risk, which I can't tell you. You know, that. look, I when I first met um, uh, our offensive coordinator, uh, Greg, uh, Greg Roman, Roman. Mm-hmm. I asked him the question, the first question I ever asked him at a press conference was when Lamar runs and he gets outside mm-hmm. and he's going down the sideline and I know he wants to, to turn a 10-yard run into a 20-yard run, and in his mind, he wants to turn it into an 80-yard run, okay, Mm -hmm. that he wants to break. But I said, wouldn't you be more comfortable with him just getting out of bounds after he's gained, you know, 12 Mm -hmm. to 15 yards? He said, you're basically bringing up the question, is Lamar going to be more susceptible to injury Mm -hmm. because he runs a lot, Mm -hmm. you know? He said, it's actually more proven that the guys that are in the pocket, yep. they're the guys that get hurt more yep. often. But I've now watched them, and I just, to me, I don't see the same. I don't see the same player, and I project a little bit. It's nothing scientific. I project well, another year or two down the road, and I, I think this. So, this so guy tell me is more a, about what you don't see in the same player. Just what do you mean by that? I, I watched the I watched the play the play of Lamar Jackson this year and I th- I thought it was his season was a roller coaster. Well, I, I mean, didn't he think was, he was I didn't think he was like fantastic. He was he was the MVP of the league until Rashad Bateman got hurt and then they you know they all fell apart at that point right which. There's a lot of things that go in there. That's a, a little early in my mind to say that he's the the MVP of the season. Well, I mean, they you certainly know. don't they I don't mean, give an MVP award for one month right, of the year, but right. at that point, he was the best player in football for a month of the year, and then Rashad That's, Bateman got hurt. You're saying that. I'm well, not I'd, saying he was. The if best. you go back to the, the the betting the markets, he was the MVP of the league okay. at that point. Now, okay. I'm not again. I get it. They don't give an MVP award for yeah. one month of the year, but at that point. He was the betting favorite to be league MVP when Rashad Bateman got hurt. Now, that being said, there's so many layers to this, right? The argument about both the times he's gotten hurt have been in the pocket, right? Like, it's the irony of the argument about Lamar Jackson is that both times he's gotten hurt have been when he's in the pocket, um, which we... I don't remember this injury being in the pocket. I remember him rolling outside. He wasn't running downfield. He was still trying to throw. He might have been outside of the pocket, but he was still behind the line of scrimmage trying to make a a throw. Um, he wasn't downfield running. It wasn't something like that. It's the same thing that we talked. The reason why they will tell you that quarterbacks that are downfield are less likely to get injured is because they see. They see everything that's coming at that point. You can't catch Lamar Jackson from behind. These linebackers are not capable of catching Lamar Jackson from behind. So they'll see anything that's coming in front of them. Whereas when you're trying to make a throw, someone can have curled around from behind you, the famous you know Lawrence Taylor idea mm-hmm. against Joe Theismann, and you don't know that it's coming, and right. here's what happens. 
it's a very compelling situation that faces the Ravens because they've got a, a, an incredibly difficult needle to thread. You've got the emotion of the fans. Do you think the fan base is fully behind behind going all in on the future with Lamar Jackson, or do you think no? I don't think do you think my sentiments are out there. Oh, they're definitely out there. Yeah. There's no question that they're yeah. out there. I don't know. I couldn't measure. Right. You know exactly where the percentage is on either side, but there's no there's no doubt that yeah. there's a percentage of that. But in the yeah. same way, there's a percentage of yeah. you know a lot of things that exist, right? Yeah. Like except for I don't think you can find many supporters of Greg Roman at the moment. I think that one's gone completely sour. I think yeah. that's just about one hundred to zero at this yeah, point. Yeah, I would agree with. You. Um, but no, I think that there's plenty of people that exist in the same way. I I'm not. It's not even that I'm um, that I think people are insane that share that opinion as much as. You got to tell me what your quarterback is. You you got to tell me what the better plan is than this. And nobody really ever seems to have that notion. It's just, well, I don't think you should be paying $50 million a year in guaranteed money to a quarterback. Fine, but then you think it's Tyler Huntley? Like, you think it's – It's definitely not Tyler there's Huntry. No, there's no doubt about that. It's definitely not Anthony Brown. Right. It's, yeah. it's To me, it ain't Derek Carr. It ain't – you know, like, tell me who it is that you think you're better off rolling out as your quarterback next season. Yeah. Because I understand the argument if we don't like the idea of playing $50 million guaranteed to a quarterback. I, right, I get right. the argument. Right. But there's no middle ground here. There's no, well, let's hope we can do it for 30 instead. I know the salary cap keeps going up, but it's very similar to me to the, how good the Ravens were until they had to pay Joe Flacco the money. You need that if you're if you end up paying the man, the man has to play like the man, and I think we'd all agree. Uh, I'm not comparing Joe Flacco right. to Lamar Jackson. Clearly, Jackson right. is a much much more right. superior player. Right. But the point is, you only have so much money to go around, and are they as good a team once they have to pay Lamar Jackson fifty million dollars and then run the risk, which is true with any quarterback. That he's not going to be there. So let me know? let me wrap with this, and we'll get to Rocky yeah. Boyman. The argument that we always make with Joe Flacco eliminates the, but you have to be able to draft at that point, which right. we make the story of that being Joe Flacco's contract and miss that the story was Matt Elam and the story was Arthur Brown and the story. Well, was, the story was like, though that they needed to, in Ozzy's mind there was no way to fit the most important receiver Joe had on his which, team, which, which was not which necessary was, at all. Like right. that was, it was a major mistake that wasn't, they gave plenty of money to Dennis Pitta that they could have given right. to Anquan Bolton, right. Right? right? Like they didn't have to do that. They made a litany of terrible mistakes in the immediate aftermath of giving Joe Flacco a bunch of money and never really had it come to roost because instead they just went and dumped Joe Flacco and got, you know, Lamar Jackson to replace right. him. Like they never really dealt with, a three-year span of the worst drafting in Ravens history, and instead we just sort of blame Joe Flacco's contract right. for it. If they do this with Lamar Jackson, they can't replicate that. They can't turn around right. and miss on all of their draft picks for the next three years. They would have to hit on multiple draft picks in order to make this work. Yeah. That's that's the situation. In the meantime, there is a football game to be played yep. on Sunday night. Out in Cincinnati, the Ravens are in the playoffs, taking on the Bengals for the second straight week. And that means for the second straight week, we get to catch up with our friend from WLW out in Cincinnati. He's our buddy, Rocky Boyman, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Rocky, it's Glenn and Stan. Love making regular appearances with you, my friend. Thank you for doing this. A absolutely, Glenn and, and Stan. Uh, and i got to tell you, it, it warms the hearts 
of Bengals fans to hear other fan bases, namely the Ravens, talk about quarterback problems <laughs> and quarterback issues. When, when Cincinnati's sitting here, I think, and they just, I mean, absolutely won the lottery yeah. every single day that Joe Burrow yeah. here. Yeah. So, is, so you're coming on. on the feet. Yeah. Yeah. So you're coming right. on next Friday with us too, <laughs> right, 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 Rocky? Right, right, <laughs> as long as they keep going in the playoffs. Trilogy. That's the way it's going to go. Rock, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, are you guys prepared back. to give yeah. seven hundred million dollars to Joe Burrow? Out there? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, and that's the thing. And I, I said this the other day on my show is, you know, is, is and because I've been seeing lately a lot of national media jump on the Bengals bandwagon and say, hey, the Bengals are the team to beat for the Super Bowl. And, and I don't necessarily disagree with that. In fact, I, I agree with it. Um, but I, I warn fans, if it don't happen this year, you know, things change every year. And, and that contract of Joe Burrow that you mentioned, that's that's looming. That's going to happen next year or possibly the next year. And obviously, what does that mean? That means the more money you give him, the more, you know, the less money there's left to, you know, to sign the re-sign of T. Higgins or, or, or Jamar Chase or a Samaj P. Ryan or, or a Hayden Hurst, right? So it's, it's, you know, it's kind of the rule of the NFL is when you have a great team, you've got to go win that thing because you could look around tomorrow. It's a completely different scenario. Uh, Rocky, let's talk about what happened last week. And obviously there's some feelings that appear to be there. There seems to be a bit of bad blood between these teams going into Sunday night. And I don't know how much that will matter because, again, Tyler Huntley is playing quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday night. I don't know how relevant it is, but what do you make of all of that, kind of the emotions of the game and the weird nature of playing a team one week and then turning around and having to play them again so quickly afterwards? Yeah, I'll address the first thing you said first, and that is, look, you know, the, the chippiness and they don't respect us and we don't, you know, they don't respect us, that, that sort of thing. I, I just think that's just great AFC North football right i mean that's what you want you don't want these guys sitting there they're all hanging out after the game and they love each other right you we want them to kind of hate each other that's what makes a a rivalry fun as long as it's kept clean between the lines and and i think i talked about this a little bit last week with you guys the Bengals have have found a way and really lived on the whole hey no one believes in us narrative right and that's a powerful thing i can tell you as a player they they've you know no they don't respect us no one thinks we're good. No one thinks we're Kansas City or Buffalo. And I think it's helped them, you know, both the offense and the defense down the stretch. I'm not sure if some of this you're hearing from the Bengals players about, oh, we're going to, you know, settle scores and all this sort of stuff that they're saying. I'm not sure if some of that's a little bit manufactured in a way to psychologically put themselves in that mindset where they're going to go out there and, and play with their hair on fire. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's maybe a little bit of that going on because it's worked so well. I think the coaching staff has done a good job of keeping this team believing. Hey, no one believes you. Well, if you look around, a lot of a lot of people believe in the Bengals right now. No but doubt. I think the more they can keep and, and capture that narrative, and again, as long as it's kept clean. Now, I, I firmly believe, you know, that that Harbaugh is telling those Ravens, you know, hey, look, you know, if, if you can, you know, say a little some of this guy, and maybe uh, you draw a punch, you draw a personal foul, a 15-yard penalty. Hell yeah, that, that's well within the rules. I've had coaches that, that have preached that before games, rivalry games like that. So that's that's perfectly fine. But the, again, as, you know, it'll be kept clean. I would imagine. And, and again, that that feeling of hey, it's, it's us. Uh, no one believes in this kind of thing has worked well for the Bengals. Rocky, I wanted to ask you a question about last week's game. How you saw it? 
here in Baltimore, we prefer to say, well, we had Anthony Brown quarterback, and that gave us virtually no chance to win the game. And no Mark Andrews. Yeah, and no, no Mark Dobbins. Andrews and all those players that were. But did the Bengals, and so they say, they hang their hat, Ravens fans right now are hanging their hat on, man, our defense played its ass off last week and yeah. really played at a very high level. But the flip side of that is the Bengals go into that game knowing how many people are out for the Ravens. Did the Bengals bring their A game intensity last Sunday? I don't think they did. I, it's, good. it's a good question, and, and I think I agree. I think early on they, they did. Um, but once they got up 17 nothing, and look, it's human nature. You can sit there and say, oh, that, you know, they got to play four quarters and everything matters. But look, the, the, the human nature side of it is they're sitting there saying, we, we got this game. We're looking across the field. We're seeing the quarterback situation for the yep. Ravens. We're seeing no Mark Andrews. We're seeing no J.K. Dobbins. So, yeah, they let their foot off the gas a little bit. I yep. think, I mean, looking aimly at Joe Burrow's play, I mean, he was, you know, yeah. magnificent in, in evading tackles and getting out of rushes. But from an accuracy standpoint, that was like one of the worst games he's had. Yep. I mean, he was missing wide open guys. He about got Tyler Boyd, uh, got his ribs taken out on the sideline. So, you know, and I think there was a little bit of that there in him and, and probably a little bit of that in the the defense in the second half so i expect a completely different mindset coming out here this week he is rocky boyman wlw out in cincinnati former nfl linebacker he's with us here on gcr as we get ready for ravens bengals rocky we bring up no jk dobbins gus edwards barely played in that game uh, now we know gus is cleared so he'll be back jk dobbins will be back we know the ravens are going to attempt to run the ball a billion times that's what they're going to try to do and hope that they can hold on to it win time of possession limit how much joe burrow sees the field we also know that on the other side of the field is a guy named dj reader who's been outstanding what are the Bengals at all susceptible to the idea of the Ravens coming out and just saying, you know, we're going to run. We know we're going to run. We think we might be able to do it anyway. I, I think, you know, look, obviously the Bengals know that the, the Ravens are a very proficient running team and, and what Greg Roman designs is he has some great schemes and all that sort of thing. But I, I mean, I, obviously if you're sitting in that meeting today uh, down at Paul Brown stadium, you're saying, look, you know, we, we after the game, we, we want to sit there and say, hey, we took the run away. And you know what? Anthony Brown came out and had 400 yards passing. He was 70% and had four touchdowns. You know, you can you can live with that, right? Like, we, you know, that's the, the likelihood of that happening isn't going to be there. So, <laughs> obviously, the priority the thing that's been preached is, hey, take away the run. So, imagine schematically, you know, some things will be done to cancel out that run. And, yeah, it's just kind of the, the simple one of the golden rules of, of football and defense, and that is you know you you make you, you know you make the offense you know beat you left-handed, you make them beat you doing something with their second or third option. So that's what I expect to see. Yeah, I get that, and I, I we will we will see how it plays out because the Ravens don't really have a second or the third option to go to. Uh, uh, even so, which even more so makes the point. Absolutely, yeah. and and also you mentioned DJ Reader. I mean that kid, that guy's been phenomenal. I, I haven't looked lately, but I know on on PFF he was one one of the highest rated Bengals on the team. And sometimes he doesn't show up on, uh, show up on the stat sheet, but right. I guarantee you Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt are, are just, you know, loving him and hopefully taking him out to dinner because he is, uh, I mean, that's one of the better free agent signings the Bengals have ever had when they hit signed him. I, I think it was last year. He, he has just really set the tone on that defensive line and allowed those linebackers. And I can say this, the former linebackers, nothing better than when 
you got a guy up there that every single damn play requires a double team. That means somebody's not blocking you. And it's it's really showed help the Bengals defense. Hey, Rocky, speaking of that, because we talked about it on your show the other day, I'd, I'd like to get your insight as a former linebacker. And, you know, there's a lot of people that it, you, you bring up great acquisitions. What we've seen from Roquan Smith since he arrived in Baltimore is is borderline insane. I mean, this, this is one of the great acquisitions of all time from the Baltimore Ravens. They've been the number not just a top five defense, the number three DVOA defense. So even, you know, taking adjusted for opponent this this isn't just hey their 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 schedule got easier and so the defense was always going to get better. It's no the defense is drastically better the moment this dude arrived. And yet there are still people that say I don't care how good he is, you don't pay an off-ball linebacker 20 million dollars a year. You can't build a franchise that way. You it's just not important enough of a position. What do you make of that argument? Obviously it's it's moot because the Ravens went ahead and did it. Like that's where the money is going to go. What do you make of the argument that building through off-ball linebacker is a mistake at that number? Yeah, I understand that just in in and of itself. But but I think what and credit the Ravens for for not you know buying into that and looking into what really matters on their team. I I, I think it's you know Roquan Smith doesn't just make the the Ravens defense better. He seems to make the entire team better. Right, so I mean, I mean, how often do you get that? A guy that completely changes the the tone of one side of the ball, and 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 I, and I think that kind of you know goes out over the, the whole entire team of how they play. It fits the mindset that Harbaugh wants. So yeah, when you can sign a player, and he has a, a, a huge impact on not just one side of the ball, but your entire you know your entire team. I, I think that's worthy of consideration. And and again, just the production he's had in a short amount of time. It, it, I was talking about this last night. Maybe you can address this, but you know, how quickly the Ravens signed him to that big deal obviously says a lot about his leadership and his effect on the team and everything I mentioned. Is there anything to the fact that they've been reluctant to sign Lamar Jackson? Because maybe he does he not do – you tell me. Does he not do some of those leadership and you know bring the whole team together and an we're all behind you kind of I don't know it seems like the Ravens valued that with Roquan Smith I'm just wondering if that's not the case on the other side everyone knows Lamar Jackson's a phenomenal player and a phenomenal dude I just don't know if there's anything to that yeah I I you know my my take on it is that they the that the Ravens are are now a little bit sour on Lamar's leadership abilities mm-hmm. that's you know in terms of being the the face of a franchise, I think they're a little down on that. Let's be—I mean, let's be fair. They did try to sign him. It's not—it's not like they didn't want to they, sign they, him. They, no they, question they, about they, it. They absolutely yep. attempted to sign Lamar Jackson and give him—you know—some of the biggest. And since guaranteed he turned money. the contract down, he's, in my opinion, he's done very little that is of a positive nature to being the leader of the football team. It's an, it's an interesting. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting thought. I—I yeah. I, I don't. I don't know if the one is correlated with the other. And I'm talking about the social media thing. Right. Do you really right. want your fa- face of your franchise getting into an argument over somebody where he says, "Hey, go eat, you right. know, right. go right. eat penises," right. you know? Right, 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 <laughs> right. right, right. I mean, I mean, right. Lamar. Yeah, I'll, I'll just be honest. Yeah. Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, has shown a great deal of immaturity as a grown man. In the way he's handled this situation, interesting. It's interesting. We'll 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 talk more. We'll talk more <clears throat> about that. Rocky, um, give me the roadmap. If the Ravens have a chance on Sunday, it's because what? 
uh, you know, look, it, it, obviously it's cliche, but but the Bengals have turnover problems. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there's fumbles, there's, you know, tip balls that go up in the air and Roquan Smith comes down with them. You know, it's, it's Joe Burrow, you know, having just an awful, terrible day. Uh, I mean, I, I mean that's absolutely what it's going to take because, I mean, obviously if the Ravens got to keep the, the points down. They're not going to go out there and score – you know, 30 points, I don't believe. It's going to be in the, you know, high teens or 20s, so they got to find a way to shut down this Bengals offense. And the way you do that in, in the NFL and in college is, is you get turnovers. And they haven't had a problem with turnovers, um, but, you know, th- those things come up at, at the wrong time, you know. So I, I don't anticipate that, but but that would be what would have to happen. It would have to be, you know, a turnover margin of, you know, plus three, you know, that sort of situation, in my opinion, for the Ravens to win this. Right now, uh, the Bengals, who do you think they fear more? Uh, not fear more. Who do you think they feel they have the best chance to beat after this football game? It's funny because, I mean, it would take another game for them to play them. But, I mean, right now the Bengals have the Chiefs number. I mean, they've beaten them, you know, they beat them three times in the, in the span of less than a year. And one mm-hmm. time at the Chiefs in their own building in the AFC Championship game. So, there's something where the Bengals have have the number of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Um, I, I think if you ask most Cincinnati fans, I, I think most fans were feeling pretty good about that Bills game on Monday night before yeah. it got stopped because of, of the Hamlin situation. So, you know, should the Bengals win this one and go on? I mean, look, and I imagine the the you know the Bills are going to win, so that'll be an unbelievable atmosphere in Buffalo. I wouldn't uh, doubt DeMar Hamlin walks out for the opening game coin toss and the place goes (laughs) absolutely bonkers. So (laughs) whoever plays at Buffalo uh, here is going to be facing a lot of those things, a lot of those emotions coming off of that, and that's going to be a tough game. Uh, We hope that that's not how it plays out. we got a funny feeling you're probably right. At Rocky Boyman 50 on Twitter is, of course, how you follow him. Brother, always appreciate you, man. Thanks for taking the time for us. Glenn, Stan, thanks so much, guys. We'll talk soon. Sounds good, buddy. Rocky Boyman, former NFL yeah. linebacker out in Cincinnati. Now regular on the show every Correct. Friday. Correct. Every Friday. So that's just the way that it worked out, the way that things worked out. All right, today's show is also brought to you by, ooh, this one's brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. If you're thinking about maybe switching your path in life, the Baltimore County Police Department has great opportunities for you. Cadet salary started over $30,000 a year. Am I too old to be a cadet? I don't think you would qualify as a cadet. Right as an officer. Yeah, you What's would go. They put me right in. Right into officer show. Day one, position. you show up. Day one. The, so what do guy. I make to be an officer? Thirty thirty for an a cadet. entry level officer starts at over sixty thousand dollars a year. A lateral officer starts at over sixty four thousand dollars a year, and both entry level and lateral officers are eligible for a ten thousand dollar signing bonus to boot. Which isn't quite as much as uh, you know you get. I think Roquan Smith got the other day, but not bad either. Like nothing to sneeze. Would at Would I that be able point. to ask for special dispensation to be able to come in on Friday mornings? I think we might be able to work something out. Okay. I think that we could talk to the folks at the Baltimore County Police Department and maybe work something I've been out. Thinking that about a change of career. You think so that maybe this might be the the path for be, you? It might I'm be the thing. You know how many powdered donuts you could buy with a ten thousand dollars signing bonus? That's a good point. He makes you know a what? good point. They probably give them to me yeah. if they I walked in. It's probably the case. Uh, Of course, uh, great benefits are also available, like medical, dental, and vision insurance. Of course, it is just, if you have thought about wanting to, we've used the term be the change a lot. If you want to make an impact on the relationship between the police and the community, 
really encourage you to consider joining up with the Baltimore County Police Department. Again, the phone number, 410-887-5542. You can go to joinbaltimorecountypd.com. You must be a United States citizen, have a high school diploma or GED equivalent, and possess a valid driver's license. When we come back in, okay, we're not going to do that. That's interesting. When we come back in, it'll be more of Stan and I talking about things. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today whether your focus is luxury and comfort convenience and technologically advanced connectivity or sporty performance and aggressive styling we've got the perfect highlander for you check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new highlanders from your local toyota dealer today Looking for some excitement in the new year? Laurel Park has plenty of live horse racing events to spice things up this January. The much-anticipated winter meet kicks off on January 1st, plus we've got special MLK Holiday Racing on Monday, January 16th, and the Winter Carnival Stakes on Saturday, January 21st. Winter may be cold, but the racing at Laurel Park is hot. Learn more about upcoming January events by visiting laurelpark.com. Another Orioles season is in the books and the Bataround was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen live Live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon, right here at Pressbox Sports. It's the perfect time to sign the young basketball fan in your life up for a membership in the Retriever Kids Club. It includes free youth admission to all regular season UMBC home games, plus a t-shirt and a drawstring backpack. Membership is only $35. It makes a great gift. Visit umbcretrievers.com slash kidsclub for more info. Membership is available for kids 12 and under in the Retriever Kids Club. Again, umbcretrievers.com slash kidsclub. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, we'll take a three-and-a-half-star review, too. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue on a Friday edition of the program. Stan the Fan Charles is here. Apologies, we'll have to push Bo Smolka. That's all right. Um, we kind of know what Bo is going to say anyway. We were going to ask him about whether Lamar Jackson was going to play. He was going to say no because we know Lamar Jackson is not going to play on Sunday. So 
at that point. The uh, the news yesterday, not only did Lamar make a statement, but also Tyler Huntley got back to throwing at practice, which confirmed that he would be available to play on Sunday. You and I have not, we've been on the air for what, what time is it now? 44 minutes. Yes. We've not mentioned the death of Lisa Marie Presley. We have not mentioned the death of Lisa Marie Presley. Terribly sad news. Yeah. Un, un, was unfathomably she, sad. Now, you're a music guy. Yes. I'm sort of a jazz yes. guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, was she any good? She had a couple of songs that were really, really good. good. Yeah, that's right? what I vaguely remember. I, I didn't. I never felt like her raw talent was overwhelming. Right. But I thought she had a few songs. You're like, man, this is this is a fun, catchy tune. And then what was weird is last night I never found out she put out a third record years later. Right. So it was in the, sort of the mid 2000s, the first decade, whatever you want to call them, the aughts. I think is what we normally refer to them. In in the middle part of that decade, she put out a couple of albums, and then in the teens, she quietly put out another album as well that was apparently very different sounding. And I am told that music people would say, say it's it was really good. It's her best. Did not have a hit. Did not have right. almost. Did went completely unnoticed. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that now because I don't even remember it happening when it came out. Right. But I remember there she had you know legitimate hit singles. Right in the uh, aughts that were pretty good songs. They were in that era of like Kelly Clarkson and Pink, and they sounded very like fun, poppy, you know, anthemic songs that she made that I enjoyed a little bit. And so. her daughter, um, uh, she's got the unusual name. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Not, uh, mm. it's with a K? Mm. Oh, God, why? Riley. No, it's Riley. Riley, Riley Keough. Keough, yes, thank you. Riley right, Keough. Because the father is Keough. Yep, uh, correct. Uh, Marty Keough, the uh, former baseball player. Yes, exactly, player. exactly who it is. And 100%. Matt Keough. She's exactly the brother of right. Matt Keough. No, uh, all kidding aside. She's an she's actress. She's a terrific yes. actress. She's uh, very she did, good. What was, uh, there was, Zola, was that the name of the um, the stripper movie from a few years ago that was really good? It was a hilarious, it started, the story was about a tweet, right? Like mm-hmm. this, this stripper sent out a string of tweets that lit the internet on fire, and they literally took the string of tweets and turned it into a movie, and it was it was outstanding. And she was the star of that. I'm film. looking up a name. Do you remember the star? He's a, a star actor. He was in that uh, tick 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 boom. You know the the movie about the gay um, uh, playwright musical yeah, yeah. playwright. Is it, is it um, Andrew Garfield? Andy, it's yes. Andrew Garfield. She made a movie with Andrew Garfield. And I'm, which was a really unusual film, and I'm looking at her. I'm looking. No, that's Riley Keough's list of movies and TV shows. She was really. By the way, the movie I'm thinking of was called Zola. That okay. I was right of. It's called Zola. It was really good. All right, wait a minute. I'm looking now. I can't understand why it wouldn't be in her ear. I don't remember her being in Logan Lucky, by the way. Uh, or in Mad Max Fury Road. I don't remember a lot of these things. Jeez. Under Under the Silver Lake. Okay. Is I am not. The, no, is that the, not the is that the movie? It. Wait a minute. It does have on. Andrew Carfield and Riley Keough, so that yes, sounds it, right. I think it's under the Silver Lake. She she was really terrific in that, and she's done something else where she really pops on the screen. But you know, it's it's one thing if you judge somebody not to speak ill of the dead, but if you said this woman was in Scientology, you'd probably go woo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then if you said 
this woman married Michael Jackson, mm. you'd go, woo. Mm. Mm. She's done two of, she did two of those things. That's true. And Nicolas Cage as well. She was married to, that's yes, right. She, she was, was also married to Nicolas, Nicolas Cage. Cage. With I believe the story being that's at the time like the trifecta. That the like people believe that Nicolas Cage is so insane that he he's a completely obsessed Elvis fan. Right. And that he, he was only married or because of his obsession with Elvis. Like it was the ultimate memorabilia. Because apparently Nicolas Cage is a collector of Elvis memorabilia. memorabilia. Now again, I can't. I don't know. Believe it or not, not close enough with Nick Cage in order to be able to uh, what comment on that. R- roughly, do you remember when that was? It was after my, the Michael Jackson thing, right. so it would have been two thousand five. I was thinking later in the aughts, but let me let me okay. see. Uh, oh no, two thousand two to two thousand four. Okay, were the and years. When was she married to Michael? Ninety four right. to ninety six. Remember, they famously came out together at uh, one of the award shows, and he said, and to think they thought this would never last, and they like were broken up like a month later or something <laughs> like that. Well, it's very, you know. It's, it's incredibly it's sad. sad. Yeah. Incredibly yeah. sad. Um, she, is, she, in her own way, is kind of an iconic uh, figure. No and, question and, about it. And because she was so young when Elvis died, she was sort of like carrying on the, the litany or the legacy right. of Elvis. It's, you know, it's, it's unbelievably yeah. sad in a family that has lost many people at such young ages. Yeah. Um, it, she dies at 54. Is her ex-husband, this Keogh, mm-hmm. he's a music guy, isn't he? he was a, no, the other one I think was a producer. Okay. I think the, the, last, the, the most recent Keo ex-husband. Keogh was like a truck driver? I don't know what exactly Danny Keogh did. I'm not exactly familiar <laughs> with his work. But no, the most recent one, Michael Lockwood, was a music producer. Okay. And a well, a significant music producer okay. that she was married to until just uh, two years ago, I think. Yes, sad news. Yeah, t- get me to the bottom of the Danny Keogh situation. We need, we need, to, know, we need to know I'm more. Then we'll have completed the four-pack of Lisa Marie Presley husbands this morning on GCR. He's, boy, it's interesting. He's not, he, he's not coming up quickly on Google. Didn't really do any? No, he, here we he go. might really have been a truck driver. Musician. He musician. was a musician as well? Okay, yeah. he was also a musician. I thought I had read that All yesterday. Right. All right, very good. Um, Stan, a couple of things I wanted yeah. to get to. The Orioles have announced a press conference for next week. Very vague announcement of a press conference for next week. And it has people a little bit, I don't know, kind of wondering what maybe it could be or couldn't be. I want to go back to some of the wording of the announcement of this press conference. This is, by the way, if you missed it yesterday, uh, they did, of course, make it official that the concert that's coming to... Uh, Camden Yards is not sorry. Camden M T Bank Stadium is John Angelo. I'm all over the place. I'm all over the place. flustered you with talking about Riley Key. Would you pay to see John Angelo sing? I don't know. I've never seen it before. Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks. They're coming to M T Bank Stadium October the seventh. I think it is. This is the tweet from Nathan Ruiz. The Orioles say they will have a news conference Monday featuring John Angelos, Mayor Brandon Scott, and leaders of the College Bound Foundation regarding what they say will be a quote, a conversation about the long term reinvestment in Baltimore igniting the next Baltimore Renaissance, unquote. Now, this could be nothing right like and i say nothing it could be just a very you know an announcement of a scholarship or something like that but why would you be holding a press conference for that right versus just putting out a press release about something like that the wording of a conversation about the long-term reinvestment in baltimore igniting the next baltimore renaissance that's pretty 
is a Pretty bold, bold yeah, very is audacious, a bold very statement audacious. to make about a press conference. Is all if all you're announcing is the start of a scholarship fund or something like that. Well, it sounds like the only thing that that throws me off the scent of the signing of the lease. That's what everybody's going to is, and maybe they maybe they feel that this is so much more important that it trumps that, and that's just an obligatory signing. You know the 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 uh, signing the agreement, whereas he's saying above and beyond signing the agreement, the Orioles feel that they can play a part in really bringing Baltimore back. That's economic development down by the stadiums. It's clearly, something which needs they've to be, always made clear they intended to be a yeah, part of. They have but, made, but I think maybe John is now saying we got to be we got to be an important proactive mover on this and you know lord knows uh, the the mayor could use some help right now you know so but do you think they would announce something whatever it is without there being an announcement of a lease extension like especially in the aftermath of the ravens lease being announced yeah last week last week i it's you know it's has, hard it's I, hard to imagine but but the ravens didn't have a big sign they did not to be fair they did not you're okay. right so maybe maybe it will include that. Maybe um, it will include that. What is the date of the inauguration for Westmore? It's in the January. Is it Wednesday? Twenty. The eighteenth. It's the eighteenth. So next Wednesday. So maybe they want to give Westmore like a big win. So that know? there has been privately. Right. I say privately. I feel like it's r- right. ruminated that a lot of people talked about it. The the thought that the Orioles. Knowing the politics of John Angelos, sure, would have preferred to wait and have the announcement be made with Westmore as governor. Uh, it's very possible, and and him be a part of it, yep. and to try to make Westmore look good. Whereas the Ravens and some of their leadership and knowing their politics, they didn't care about that and didn't mind Larry Hogan taking a victory lap on right. something like that. Right. right? I don't. I can't confirm any of that. Yep. I can only say that's been out there. Yep. That people have discussed the idea that knowing what we know about some of the leadership of both organizations, that this could time out perfectly. The Ravens can give a big thumbs up to Larry Hogan, and then the Orioles could come in and try to give a thumbs up to Wes Moore afterwards. Right. I don't. I, I can't confirm. I can't. You know. I I get why people would it, say that. It certainly seems the audaciousness. You and I both said bold, audacious to say that. Uh, you know, the Orioles are having this press conference to have a discussion about. The, the renaissance and the quote the a, conver- a conversation, re- conversation about the long-term reinvestment in baltimore igniting the next baltimore renaissance unquote that is a hell of a sentence man like that is it's impactful it's very impactful but i again if they announce hey this is our plans for developing the area around camden yards this is what we intend to do but it doesn't come with the announcement of oh and by the way we also signed our lease is it empty in some way it it is a tiny bit empty, uh, but but to me the lease is sort of part and parcel of it. Uh, there was, You're saying it's more formulaic. There, it, I'm saying yeah. I, I'm saying that they would not be making a statement like that and and go public without holding a press conference if they discussing if they this, weren't if they weren't going to sign the right. lease. Correct. You know? Like by the way, we're going to do all this. Yeah. But we are uh, not uh, committed. Uh, we're, not committed. <laughs> right? we're we're here for the in the a renaissance yeah. of Baltimore, but we are not committed to actually being a part of it. Moving Maybe the forward. Orioles are going to sign uh, Lamar Jackson. You think that's the way this is going to Now that would be bold. That would now be that would it would go a long way to 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 fitting this. 
I I don't know, obviously. I have no inside information about this. I have always assumed that at some point in the near future they got the money. There's nothing there's nothing left now. The only part that's left is actually announcing that the lease has been signed, yep. right? Like yep. they the Major League Baseball doesn't say, yeah, go ahead and walk away from $600 million that you were given by the state. They got the win. They got the thing that they needed. Okay. Now you just go ahead and sign the lease. So I'm not afraid, the, any fear that anyone had, that to me was gone the moment that the money was agreed upon, right? right. Like the moment that the state said thumbs up to it, that all went out the window for me that there was anyone that could even say I'm reasonably concerned about right. the future of the Orioles. But yes, there. to your point, this... This formula, the, the state's formula, like they have to do. They still have to say we have entered into a new right. lease agreement at some point. I would, expect, I would expect that they would announce that. But it's almost like the it's almost like the um, the hidden ball trick a little bit. That that that's that's assumed by what they're gonna talk about and have a conversation about. You do you th- Which day is that uh, press conference? Let me go back. Sorry, I, you know I it. saw that they had Monday, so it would be before Westmore takes office. It's coming Monday. Okay. So he would not be governor at that point. Right. So it would if they did announce the lease, it wouldn't that wouldn't fit the bill of right. trying to give Westmore the win. Although I it's you know. Monday, Monday. Well, you're, now you're looking at your schedule. Yeah, I've got to you know. Right. Now you're looking at your schedule. I said afterwards, maybe they're announcing Beyonce since the Ravens didn't. <laughs> maybe that's what all of this is. The long-term plan for re- the Renaissance in Baltimore is we're bringing Beyonce. Maybe they were going to. Maybe they were planning to have Lisa Marie Presley. Oh, I don't think. I don't think that she was going to sell out the stadium. But again, R.I.P. Lisa Marie Presley. I can't say that yeah. possibly enough. While we're on the topic of baseball, and again, Dave Ginsburg will unveil his Hall of Fame ballot in a bit. I guess let's do two things here. Yeah. Let's one. Quickly, because uh, Carson brought it up to us uh, before uh, during the last commercial break, the announcement this week: Triple A baseball throughout Triple A, yeah. everywhere, robot umps are coming. What do you make? Of My that? prediction is by 2025 or 26, fans will be complaining that baseball games are moving too fast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been such a proponent of this robo-umpire uh, thing. Um, I, I just I, I get all the, f- the human factor that, that having a human umpire calling balls and strikes. But to me, to have a human, umpi- a human element that's often so wrong, I just I've grown tired of it. And I think I think the umpires, increasingly small strike zone mm-hmm. over the years has done terrible things to to the pace of play um, and I and I expect that baseball will move once this thing is in I think it will really games will move incredibly fast Carson you want to say something I was gonna say that I, I agree and I think that for balls and strikes a robot umpire is something that can really have a positive impact on the game but I do think there's something to be said for part of the beauty of baseball is in the nothingness between pitches when the pitcher's messing around with his hat and the right fielder's picking daisies and you're sitting in the stands looking at, at nothing. And having your conversation. Right, and that's that's part of the beauty of the game. And I think that there's a balance that needs to be found because I think the games could be sped up. There's no doubt about that. I would love to go to the ballpark and get there at 650 
and Although be I do, out of there by 11. I, I would th- love Some that. of the things they have done have been very effective. Oh, the pitch that. clock was, was extremely I, effective. We, we have to acknowledge that the moves they made did prove to be effective Absolutely. in making the games a little bit quicker. And to your point, Stan, I don't know that necessarily want all the games to be two hours. I just no, don't. I don't think you, I don't think people, I think people will start to complain. Mm-hmm. I was right. not kidding. Right. I think by 2025 or 26, when they go, geez, I go to a game at 7 and I'm out at 9. You know, you got to find that nine, sweet ten. spot, especially if you're showing up late to the game. Right. You can't get there there till seven thirty. All and of a sudden, you show up. And they start the games six thirty. Right, then you're in the fourth inning, and you're right. like, "What the? I missed three innings of the game. What the hell's going on right. here?" Yeah, you got to uh, find that balance, that that middle ground of not too long, but it's not instantly. Yes, long. Griffin. I don't find that. I wouldn't find that as a problem at all. If games are close to two hours like that, like I think college basketball is. I mean, college basketball obviously the end of basketball games are. are quite long but games are two hours long same with soccer like i i enjoy a nice quick game and i understand the argument i think it's diff different for people that go i do yeah. think there's a difference between what's best for the television product and Correct. what's best for the the live audience i don't know while you're right people go to college basketball games there's no doubt about it i still think that there is a Hey, I've made an investment for the night. I kind of don't want to. And baseball has always been the sport where it's not the end of the world if you show up a couple of minutes late. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things about college basketball is you don't want to show up. Imagine if you showed up late to that Maryland UCLA game a couple weeks ago, right? Like, imagine if you showed up, sit down and get up twenty minutes late to that game. You never saw competition. Like, you never saw an ounce of competition. competition yeah. Baseball's always been the sport where, like, hey, if we miss the bottom of the first right. or the top what of the first, inning, the first inning, it's not the end of the world. Like, we're going to be fine. There is just, there's some danger there with baseball that if you get it to be the games that are too short, that you do take away from a little bit of what has made baseball good. Uh, hour number one of today's show is also brought to you by the Ginsu Kamado Grill. This is it. These are your final days to take advantage of $100 off at GinsuGrills.com when you use the code TAILGATE and order your Ginsu Kamado Grill. Um, I remember 1972 going to a game, and you can look it up on, you know, wherever you look up the history of games, you know. Mm -hmm. I saw a game at Veterans Stadium. Steve Carlton was pitching for the Phillies. This was the year he went 27-6, and I think, was his record, and he won the Cy Young Award. And he's pitching against former Oriole Milt Pappas, who was pitching for the mm-hmm. Cubs an hour and 40 minutes. Uh, look, we have seen still, even in modern days, there have been, you know, Tom Glavin, Greg Matt. There have been, when you have two outstanding pitchers on the mound, you can have games that go quickly. But they're an anomaly, right? Like, we don't see them frequently. They're, every now and then, you go to put, you sit down and you're like, oh, it's 9 15. I'll put the Orioles game on. And you look and. Why the hell is Rob Long on my TV? What the hell is going on here? I say that every time Rob Long's on my TV, for the record. What the <laughs> hell is this guy doing here? Love you, buddy. Um, but no, I, you know, I get that. I get that those games exist. The other, I think, dirty little secret or the dirty conversation about this right. is does Major League Baseball really want the full size of the strike zone? I think Major League Baseball would probably privately say, we would prefer there to be more offense. That's better for the brand. It's better for you know interest in viewing. People want to see home runs. They want to see runs being scored. Most people don't want to see you know incredible pitching duels. They want to see legitimate offense. So is it better? Does Major League Baseball really want 
a uniform strike zone that would probably be a bit bigger for most umpires. Not for all. There have been some umpires that have particularly large strike zones, but would probably be a little bit bigger than what your typical strike zone is for the average umpire. Do they really want that? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just know that, to me, that is the single thing that, to me, slows down baseball games isn't how often you're making a bullpen change. It's the pitch-by-pitch little grumbling by the hitter. Right, get, he steps let, let out. Me, let me ask it a different way. Do, do you think that going to robot strike zones yeah. would lead to less offense? Or do you think it wouldn't be noticeable? I think, uh, I think it'll be actually the hitters will need to be a little bit more aggressive. Okay. And I think it will lead to more – I think – Combined with the things that they're doing now, mm-hmm. getting rid of the shifts, right? I think we're going to have so a, now that a, right, yeah, that'll go a long way to, right. to helping that out, and That's that should some, mitigate somewhat the speed of the game because there'll be more base runners on. But I'm just telling you, you the batters are going to be up and up and out. You know, it's interesting. It's interesting. I I think it's such a uh, to me, and I get the romance of baseball. But we're in 2023 now. We're not in 1955, you know, that this notion that you're taking the human element out of the game and all that. Human elements out out of the game are, you know, in a lot of... I never understood why we romanticize the human element. Like, who who was tuning in for that? To me... I need more Angel Hernandez. Right. To to me... Right, exactly. You need Joe West taking the perfect game away. Right. What was that? But to me, the predictability of the strike zone for hitters and pitchers is a tremendous positive, especially for pitchers. I can't tell you the times that I would watch a Kevin Gaussman game mm, mm. where Kevin struck somebody out, right? And the you know the umpire called it a ball, and I go, That's and then he throws like nine foul balls, and suddenly his pitch his counts, pitch up, counts right. up. And why would you want your pitchers to throw more pitches to an unpredictable strike zone? That that to me at the the value pitching arms have. Mm-hmm. Why do you want them to waste their bullets, so to speak? It's a good throwing, argument. You know, so. It's a good argument. All right, when we come back in, I want to talk about our Hall of Fame ballots. Okay. We know what we're going to talk to Dave, Dave Ginsburg about his later on in the hour, but who would you vote for? Because it's the last time you and You're I... You're going to ask me? Yes. Oh, jeez. Yeah, right? I'm going to I'm going to share mine, one of you. Let the kids chime in as well. I'll send you guys mine. Um, yeah, it's very important. We need to know that. Very important. Thank you. Because this is going to be the last time you and I do a show together before the announcement, because I'm out of here next week. So we'll talk about who we would vote for if we had a ballot. We, of course, do not. But if we did... Who would we be voting for for the Baseball Hall of Fame? We're going to do that next. Stan the Fan Charles is in studio, and then Dave Ginsburg will unveil his Hall of Fame ballot at 1135. It's Glenn Clark Radio. It's the perfect time to sign the young basketball fan in your life up for a membership in the Retriever Kids Club. It includes free youth admission to all regular season UMBC home games, plus a t-shirt and a drawstring backpack. Membership is only $35. It makes a great gift. Visit umbcretrievers.com slash kidsclub for more info. Membership is available for kids 12 and under in the Retriever Kids Club. Again, umbcretrievers.com slash kidsclub. The latest edition of Press Box is available 
available now, and it's our annual Best of issue. On the cover, we recognize Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman as our 2022 Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and he sits down with us to discuss how his arrival in Baltimore was simultaneous with the Birds' turnaround. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the year throughout the local sports scene. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Looking for some excitement in the new year? Laurel Park has plenty of live horse racing events to spice things up this January. The much-anticipated winter meet kicks off on January 1st, plus we've got special MLK Holiday Racing on Monday, January 16th, and the Winter Carnival Stakes on Saturday, January 21st. Winter may be cold, but the racing at Laurel Park is hot. Learn more about upcoming January events by visiting laurelpark.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Bowl. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11.40. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 11.40, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 1140 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show, too. All right, back in here on GCR. Stan the Fan Charles is in studio with us. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Stan, uh, you had another show last night, correct, with Meg Gaffier? Yeah, we had Ahmed Gafir from uh, Inside the Black and Inside Gold. the Black and Gold dot net, which is a subscriber-based website uh, that uh, focuses on Maryland football and men's basketball uh, and some non-revenue sports. Uh, the recruiting uh, for players and and information. It's a vital tool if you really are becoming a Terps fan, and it's eight dollars per month. Or $80 for the whole year. You can find that conversation right now at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports by clicking on the Videos tab or go to YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline, PressBoxOnline.com slash video, the places where you can find it. 
All right, so Dave Ginsburg will unveil. He actually has a vote, so his actually matters. We're just slappies. We don't matter, but we're going to share our opinions as well. All four of us can share who we would vote for. Remember, you can vote for up to 10 on the Baseball Hall of Fame ballot. Who would get our votes this year? I'm going to start from the bottom because I think we can knock out people. None of us. If By the way, right now, all of these people have received zero votes publicly so far. Does anyone want to make an argument for Jason Wirth, Jared Weaver, Andre Ethier, Bronson Arroyo, Houston Street, Johnny Peralta, Mike Napoli, John Lackey, Jacoby Ellsbury, R.A. Dickey, Matt Cain, or even the great J.J. Hardy? Love to have Hardy get one vote. One vote is yeah. what you're looking for. I don't know, if but he, it wouldn't be mine. We'll see if. And Dave, I love them. I oh, love. Who Hardy. doesn't love JJ Hardy? 100. Yeah. percent We'll see great, if maybe. Great uh, wearer of uh, of uh, what what sneaker am I wearing? New Balance. Yeah. New, new balance. balance. Always wore New Balance. Every conversation we had were about New Balance. Really? Yeah. That's so very yeah. random. That's yeah. so very I mean, random. Well, because I was always wearing them, and he wore He was them. always wearing them. The so Red Sox fair. were always a New Balance team, too. They still are. How about that? I did not know that. That was like, because, you know, everybody wears <clears throat> New Balance baseball cleats. Now, the Red Sox were the first team that, like, everybody had them on. I have bad news for you, Stan, if you were hoping that the one vote was going. Dave Ginsburg did inform me. He did not vote, vote. for J.J. Hardy. Okay. I'm so sorry. No vote coming. I like said the one J. vote wouldn't be coming from yeah. me yeah. for a Hall of Fame, but yeah. Hall yeah. of Fame fielder, no question about it. He was it. a hell of a, a defensive player. Speaking, speaking of Hall of Fame fielders, we'll get to that in a second. Well, yes. Mike Napoli was pretty incredible during that 2011. Okay, Texas all right, Rangers. we're moving on. Stop, stop. You're not voting for Mike Napoli. By the way, I love Tory Hunter. He's the yeah. type of guy that, like, yeah. I really wish I could find a stat that could defend me saying he's a Hall of Famer because, my God, did I love watching Tory Hunter play baseball. He was one of my absolute favorite players to watch play the game, but I couldn't vote for him for the Hall of Fame, so I'll take that off. Then he has 2% of the vote, by the way, so not zero. He's got that going for him. I mean, Jimmy oh, Rollins only has 11.8%. I wanted to work up okay. from the bottom if we could. To see when somebody starts making an argument for right. I would vote for that guy. Was R.A. Dickey in that uh, R.A. Dickey was in that. that. He's yes. in the well, zero. I guess, I guess that's fair. I'd still yeah. love the Orioles to sign him right now. <laughs> come back and put, But uh, he's not a Hall of Famer. Um, so now, let's get into it. Omar Vizquel is the next name. Does anyone want to make an Omar Vizquel argument? And when you say he's so he's, he's at eight point five percent, he's next on the list. See, to me, I'm I'm not on the camp that is an Omar Vizquel. I again, a guy I loved watch play, watching right. play baseball. Absolutely loved watching Omar Vizquel play. But no, I can't make a compelling. I, it's it's the guy I want to. I want to make a compelling uh, Hall of Fame argument for Omar Vizquel, mm-hmm. and it's incorrect to suggest that he was a zero as a hitter. Like Omar Vizquel could hit, but not nearly enough to weigh it out and make him a Hall of Fame caliber player. Like to, you can't compare he Omar. One hundred twenty hits shy of three thousand, which is crazy, but it has a lot more to do with longevity than it does have to do with him. And that's but I do bring that up. There will be people that will say he was only defense. Omar Vizquel was not only defense. He's not Mark Belanger, you know what I mean? Like he could he could hit a little bit. He was a capable offensive player, but not enough, you know, like he's not I can't make an Ozzy Smith argument for Omar Vizquel. It's just hard for me to put somebody. I know I, I know it you could fall into the same trap with relief pitchers and saying mm-hmm. I'm just not going to vote in somebody to pitch 60 or 80 innings. Mm-hmm. A guy guy had 80 home runs in his career. I hear you. I yeah. hear you. I hear you. 
The next but, name, but a 272 lifetime hitter that's a, that's, and I close com- to the 3,000 You cannot hitter. say he was only defense. Yeah. You can't he do that. He was a incorrect. real good ball player. Yes, yeah. correct. The next name, 9.2% of the ballots right now for Francisco Rodriguez, reliever that shows up, and a former Oriole on yeah. this list. Terrific relief pitcher, doesn't, doesn't rise, in my opinion, to Hall of Fame caliber. Okay, I agree. Mark Burley is the next name on the list. He sits at 10.5% of votes right now. And Mark Burley, for a stretch, was among the best starting pitchers in baseball. And one of the fastest working pitchers That in also baseball. is true. But I don't, I don't have a Hall of Fame argument for Mark Burley. I don't either. Next on the list, Jimmy Rollins. And this is where you find the first name that I really struggle with as far as we work our way up the ballot. Because I... Like we keep coming back to this, I think Jimmy Rollins was a hell of a baseball player, yeah. and I hate falling into the trap of only voting based upon war. Because like I have a guy that wanted to make Tory Hunter arguments, I've wanted to make Omar Vizquel arguments, <clears throat> I've wanted to make arguments for a lot of these guys, but Jimmy Rollins, for everything he did, for all of the things he brought to a baseball field, finished with a career forty-seven point six WAR. Yeah, I don't think I could vote for him. Let me. I just want to look at something here. No hundred RBI seasons. Totality for me, two sixty four hitter, on base three twenty four. I, I I could not vote for Jimmy. I I liked him a lot. I like him on uh, the post game shows on TBS. Uh, I, I agree with that. Good. But as far as a baseball Hall of Famer, he's not there for me. Okay, so we're all in agreement there. Next. Andy Pettit is the next name on the list. I'm go- I'm I'm taking a split second because I'm trying to look up everybody. Uh, they're Andy P E yeah T T I T T I T E sixty point two career war. Yeah, I I don't. I'm using by the way baseball reference. Right, that's what numbers. I'm yes. that's what I'm going to. Uh, if you look up just uh, 2023 baseball Hall of Fame ballot. Uh, baseball reference has one just with all their stats. And that on the makes one all the sense in the world. Thing. I, if, if, if you're trying to find thank, them all. Thank you, Carson. Sure. And you can click the stat and it'll sort them by who has mm-hmm. the most. I, I loved Andy Pettit. I thought he was such a great pitcher. I, I think I could vote for Andy Pettit for Hall. You're of Fame. giving a ballot. Griffin, make sure you're tracking this so we can okay. share. Right. You can I, share. I, have, I have a vote for Andy Pettit. I want you to save this for next week so that we have some content next week if you don't mind. Um, but uh, you're giving a vote for I'm Andy giving Pettit. a vote for Andy Pettit. And Griffin, yeah. you're giving a vote to Andy Pettit as Re- well. Remember. Uniquely about what he did in the postseason? Not not uniquely, but it sort of puts the, the fact that he didn't win 300 games is is balanced a little bit. The fact he won. A, a, uh, how many games did he win in the. In the postseason, where's his postseason? Yeah, we can pull this up. Uh, he's 19 wins in the postseason. 19. To me, that count. And what's his ERA in the postseason? 3.8. Yes, 3.8. Okay. It's not as not overwhelming, as but again, he's facing. You're facing the best teams. Yep. The best, like yeah. you know, it's, it's difficult. You don't get to face the Orioles in the postseason. Yeah. He was. He was a. Although I guess he, technically he did. Now that I think about it, because the Orioles threw three, four, five, six, seven, at least seven seasons of 200 innings plus. I'm I'm very comfortable voting for right. him as a Hall of Famer. All right, Andy yeah. Pettit gets votes from two of us. Next on the list. Bobby Abreu. Did you vote for Pettit? I did not vote for Andy Pettit. 
Bobby Abreu has been a hot-button name this ballot cycle. All of a sudden, some some folks really coming out of the woodwork as Bobby Abreu supporters. He currently has 20.3% of ballots. What say you about Bobby Abreu? Bobby Abreu, uh, <clears throat> you're saying he's hot this cycle. I remember him first becoming hot a couple years ago when I was doing the Mass and pregame show because mm-hmm. we discussed him. His numbers are a lot closer than you would think. Um, uh, I apologize. I'm not. Bobby Abreu, I can pull up his numbers. Well, I got him now. But this career 291 hitter, which is quite impressive over an 18 year season. Career 395 on base percentage, which is also pretty freaking impressive over an 18 year career. Yeah, has got that war number 53 as well. Ah, right. That is relevant. You do have to think about how much you factor that into the decision about whether or not you're going to vote for Bobby Abreu. Wait a minute. I have him. Hold on a second. Yes. What can I do for you? I have Bobby Abreu. Uh huh. And I'm seeing. Oh, his 18-year career. You're yes. right. Three. I, I was looking at the last last season with the Mets. Mm-hmm. He had <clears throat> 2,470 hits, 2,470 yeah, yeah. hits. Yep. Um, the stolen bases, to me, were a huge factor why I like Bobby Abreu. 400 career stolen yeah. bases. I, he's a Hall of Famer to me, All right, Bobby so Abreu. A vote for Bobby Abreu. So, so far, I've written... You've gotten two so far. You're voting for Pettit, Pettit. and you vote, voted for Abreu. Anybody else voting for Bobby Abreu? Not on my ballot. All right. So he does get one from Stan. So it's about what he's trending at is a quarter of votes have been going to Bobby Abreu. Right. So that's about right. Next on the list, Manny Ramirez, who currently sits at 41.2% of ballots. Stan the fan, Charles. Um, I'm, I'm still in the non-forgiveness mode, right. uh, despite the fact he was a Hall of Fame caliber player. Um, can't, can't, can't pull myself into voting for all those guys. He's got right. unbelievable numbers, man. I can't. I my Hall of Fame has no no juicers. Mmm. Mmm. Uh, I forgive. Um, he wouldn't be like a Rod. I didn't vote for last year, but I'll vote for a Rod this year. Manny is on my ballot. Uh, I've I've always said I would vote for all of these guys. Look, I don't think this is as clear cut to me as like Barry Bonds to me is a clear cut Hall of Famer no matter what. Manny yeah, Ramirez suspended twice though. What's Manny that? Ramirez. Manny Ramirez for Pete. He's got suspension. I understand two that. Times. I understand all of it. Like I'm saying, I'm yeah, David Ortiz is in. Yeah, David Ortiz is a Hall of Famer, and we know that you know he tested positive. Like that's that's where we are. I but I've always said all along, it's just too much for me. The whole thing, I can't do it. Manny Ramirez, I reluctantly he is on my ballot as Did well. Did have 165 RBIs in two seasons. He had 145, 165. He had. RBIs one two three four five six seven eight eight yeah nine how many times did he drive in a hundred runs oh two uh, three four five six homers, seven yeah, eight 540, nine ten about fifty five twelve twelve times over a hundred now RBIs. look it it does all, despite all of that he was such a nothing as a defender that he still only has a career war of sixty nine point three like he was a zero as a defensive player. But that career war of 69.3 is slightly better than Tony Gwynn's career war. It's in the same conversation as, you know, Eddie Murray finished with a 68.7 career war. So despite being a zero as a defender, his offensive numbers are just so overwhelming. You know what's amazing? 19 years in the big leagues, and somehow as great a hitter as he was, 312 batting average, Mm -hmm. 411 on base, 996 
OPS, twenty five hundred seventy four hits. That's kind of that's kind of. I mean, it's it right? shows how hard three because we'd all agree, no doubt. Oh yeah, you get three thousand yeah, right? You're, like that's no, the, but you, we'd all agree that he's a gr- oh one a, of the greatest hitters, and yes. then you look it up. But he also came along in the strikeout home run. Like yeah. his his as his career moved on, he got out of being a great hitter and a but, great became I'll more t- of just a great home I'll, run hitter. I'll tell you one of the greatest stats of all time, though. Seriously, is the New York Yankees. Name me who in the Yankees has three thousand hits. Jeter. Jeter. Garrick. No. Hey. Matt DiMaggio. No. A-Rod counts? Derek Jeter is the only Yankee that has 3,000 hits. Now, you might, you might find well, somebody yeah, guys who play, that like played, Wade Boggs uh, played with the Yankees, but right. yes, correct. Our, our like career Yankee. Yankees. Babe Ruth didn't have yeah, 3,000 hits. Got Don Mattingly didn't No Mantle either. No Mantle. Mantle missed so many games. Right. Derek Jeter is the only one. It's really wild to think about, but yeah. that's You know what? I think I, I had heard that at yeah, some point before. Yeah, that's one of those things. It blew my mind, right? Yeah. That's nuts. It is nuts. Um, look, I, I I don't love Manny Ramirez, and I do think that there's a compelling argument if you're trying to parse between steroid users and say how prodigious would his offensive numbers have been without steroids, and if you combine that with him being a zero as a defender, is that Hall of Fame worthy? I'd absolutely. If somebody could present me that argument, yeah. I would listen to that. But until they do. I kind of don't have a choice. I kind of have to put Ramirez on my ballot. I'm kind of surprised that his his war is only sixty it's, something, sixty nine. I, I mean, he might have been a negative defensive play. He was right. horrible defensively. Right. He high five that fan and came in. Right, he did that. What Alex, what are we talking about? Alex here? Rodriguez is the next name on the list. Alex Rodriguez is currently on forty three point one percent of ballots. I'm gonna give the same. I get it. Answer on Alex. And Carson clearly is doing the exact no, same, and I'm. Yeah, he's on mine. He's on mine. He as gains well. my vote this year for what it's worth. That's weird. Why what did he, he do to gain? Why did he break well, up with Jennifer Lopez? Lopez. <laughs> so my rule with the steroid users is they're not. They don't get on the first ballot. After that, I'll, I'll let <laughs> them throw. Listen to you, gatekeeping over here. <laughs> my right as a voter. Yeah, Griffin's ballot is he's so scary and important. Pa- he's got right. passion. Though. Right. I'll right. give him I that. I appreciate that. He is on mine. I look. I don't feel good about it, but there's no debating Alex Rodriguez, the baseball player. If you move past the steroid thing. Next name is Jeff Kent, who sits at 49.7% of ballots. Jeff Kent is a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Okay. Now, I know he was playing with Bonds, but 1997 through 2002, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, six straight years, 100 RBIs, then did it uh, one or two more times. Two more times, so eight times a hundred RBI guy played second base, arguably the best offensive second baseman for a career, because his numbers probably dwarf Ryan Sandberg's uh, numbers. You know his to- the the totality. Number, right, correct. He's a two ninety hitter, mm-hmm. three fifty six, eight fifty five OPS. His WAR is only fifty four plus, uh, but Jeff Kent's on my ballot. Carson. No. Okay. So on my ballot as well. Everything Stan said. Uh, you know, he won an MVP, and uh, and he should have won Survivor the year that he was on Survivor. Uh, he's got that so. going for him. If you want to make a good argument for Jeff Kent, he actually has a better career war than David Ortiz. Boom. 
but he doesn't obviously have the playoff success that David Ortiz had, which was what kind of got him over the top as far as voting was concerned. You know, the rumors about him are that he was such a jackass to reporters that everybody sort of, when they went in to vote, Yep. They sort of just said, eh, I'm yep. not voting for that there guy. Is, there is Didn't a lot give of me that. the time of day. I think know. he's still borderline to me, and I'm leaving him off my ballot okay. for now. The, like, I'll give you an example. You're entitled to be wrong. His, thank you. Pre, thank you for that. Would you defend my right to the death to, to be wrong? Uh, his career war, lesser than, say, Chet Lemons. I just, there's not anything to me that says he has to be a Hall of Famer. I am certainly not offended by the idea of Jeff Kent as a Hall of Famer. Right, I understand and, what you're saying. And anything like that. But I just don't know that he has to be a Hall of Famer. Next, Carlos Beltran sits at 57.5%. Would almost certainly be at a much higher number if not for what happened after his playing career. Carlos Beltran, yes or no, Stan the Fan Charles. Uh, I'm a uh, Beltran guy uh, and don't think that uh, the the one incident that he's, you know, he lost his managerial job with the Mets because of the uh, – his part in the cheating scandal of the Astros, I don't think that the totality of his career cheating was like, boy, he got all those stats by cheating. Um, you agree. know, I, I he's a Hall of Famer for me. We agree. You agree? I agree as well, yes. You agree? No. no. Man, ah. Carson is a hard Carson's ass. Hard. I don't get it. My zero. Hall of Fame right. is so – because this he's, is how – He's Dan Shaughnessy putting this in a one-hand I, I, don't, I don't like – a lot of the guys on this ballot. For, and, and my reasoning behind it is when I'm talking about the greatest baseball players of all time, am Listen I am I guy. putting Carlos Beltran up there with Ernie Banks, Al Kaline, Koufax? No. Okay. And no one is. All so right. why is why would he be in the Hall of Fame? All right. This is hard-ass Carson over here making it tough to get. I don't know who he's This voting. is a very, if you couldn't tell, this is a very, like, I care about this. Wow. Subject, the, one, the, one, the one thing I'll say is look at the difference of the game today. That That's Ernie a great Banks, point. That Ernie Banks, Ernie Banks didn't have to face three and four relief pitchers that were all and and it's going to get tougher. I mean, the he's taking eighth are, inning at bats off a starter that's yeah. already thrown one hundred and ten. Yeah, yeah. Next on the list, Gary Sheffield currently sits at sixty five point four percent of ballots. I got to pull him up. Uh, Gary Sheffield finished his career with 509 home runs, 1,676 RBI, a career 292 hitter, a career 393 on base percentage. However, Gary Sheffield, just a 60.5 war for what it's worth. Again, not much of a defensive player. Started as a third baseman, was moved into the outfield because he couldn't really be a third baseman and didn't really do anything there. Just not. There's nothing going for Gary Sheffield, the defender. Uh, let me just see. We, got, we do have to speak. I, to I think he's. Bit. I think he's on my ballot. Okay. Yeah. It's a yes vote. Yeah, yes. I, I keep him off of mine. I mean, it's very weird. Why? The, the, the defense. I think that's part of that's part of baseball. Okay. He's similar to Beltran, but Beltran played defense. Beltran was a baseball player. But didn't you have Manny Ramirez on your back? Well, yeah, but he was unbelievable offensively. <laughs> it's really weird that that's the argument that you're making for Gary Sheffield, but not she- for Manny Ramirez. You know, Sheffield, to me, his biggest crime was perhaps not taking baseball seriously enough when he really had oh, his he was, talent. Yeah, he was a truly you know, he special, was, right? He was a special, gifted player, mm-hmm. but didn't really take take it seriously until... Much later in his career. He is 
on my ballot, yep. Carson. He makes mine too. You hit 500 home runs, you're on my ballot. Yeah. There's a few things. There's a few <laughs> things. You hit 500 home runs, you're on my ballot. But Alex Rodriguez and juice. Joe juice. juice. But a lot of juice. people believe that Gary Sheffield was. A steroid. But was it ever confirmed? Was there ever confirmed? In a George Santos. Some people see my some people see my biceps and say I'm juicing. He was he was juice ish, I believe, is what juice ish is what he said. Some watered down juice. Next, Andrew Jones currently sits at sixty nine point nine percent of ballots. Stan Charles. Not on my ballot. Okay. Not on my watch. Not on your watch. Uh, he was an incredible defender. I think he had. I mean, his offensive numbers aren't quite Beltran's. Um, they're, they're not. They're they're, they're 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 yeah. They're not quite there. But I think he was such a good defender. I and I I like Andrew Jones a lot. So he is on my ballot. Carson. No, not on mine. Yeah, those last four or five years. Good play. He he just let himself go. He, he was he so heavy. And I can't put a guy in the Hall of Fame. How many years did he hit? Forget his total at the end of his career. Right. He, he had seasons where he hit 222. That's not a he Hall of Fame. He hit 300, it looks like. One time. One time. Yes, and, one and how many years did he hit under 230? Um, I mean, his first season he played 31 games, so that wouldn't count. No, I'm not talking yeah. about that. I'm but, talking and about the of his career. Every year, 2006 and beyond. Or 2007 and beyond. So 2007, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. He had under two thirty. Yes, every yeah. year at the end of his. And career. he weighed about three hundred pounds during those seasons. To me, this is this is the modified Sandy Koufax argument, mm-hmm. which is if his career had just ended after yeah. two thousand six, right. like if he had been hurt, would we have said, "Dude, this guy's a Hall of Famer"? Mm. I that to me is the Andrew Jones argument. Yeah. It's like a short spurt of his dominance. It's. I mean, Sandy Koufax was seven years, right? right? Pedro Martinez. It's like was almost like I totally off topic, but I I can't put him in there. But if I'd love to have Hershiser in the Hall of Fame, but I can't. I, I can't. It's too short. All right. He was dominant. He was he was dominant for a little while. He gets my vote for the record, Andrew Jones. Now we got to do this quickly because we got to get to Gins here in a second. Yep. The top three names, one right below the seventy five percent threshold at the moment, Billy Wagner. Of course, these numbers coming from our friends. Wagner at, is my number one guy. Same. I mean, B- give a, give a plug. Bbhoftracker.com, who I'm sure is about to in, in put in Dave Ginsburg's uh, uh, votes as well. Uh, Wagner's at 72.5%. Helton's at 79.1%. Roland is at 81.7%. Stan, which of those three are you voting for? I'm voting for Helton, and I'm voting for uh, uh, Wagner. I'm not voting for for the guy who's the number one guy. How about that? How about that? I got Helton and Wagner, too. Wagner's Wagner's the best left-handed reliever of all time, so he's the the best at what he did. His career whip is lower by a tick. Then Mariano Rivera. Two no Scott Rowland votes. I have Rowland. You have Rowland? I have Helton. Uh I do not have Billy Wagner. Oh, what's your argument against Billy Wagner? They never did in the postseason. Okay. I have all three. So I'm the only one of us that has all three on my ballot. One likes everyone. I have always said, for the record, I would be more of a big tank. I don't even think I actually used ten. I think I used eight. Eight on my ballot this year. But I've always been more of a big tank guy when it comes to the Hall of Fame. My argument has always been if I... If I think you might be, you probably are. Because I'm not offended by the idea of someone. I would not ever, let me make this abundantly clear. I'm not saying I would have ever voted for Harold Baines. Like, there's no world in which I would have done that. But I don't have a problem with the idea of someone who's borderline getting in. It's what I said about Jeff Kent. I didn't vote for him, or I wouldn't, but if he gets in, I get it, right? And I might next year say, what the hell am I doing? Jeff Kent's a Hall of Famer. Right. I'd, I'd vote for him at that point. So I am normally more of a big tent when it comes to the Hall of Fame battle. So I've got seven guys on. I've got Helton, Wagner, Pettit, Abreu, 
Kent Beltran and Sheffield. Um, well, we're going to find out who Dave Ginsburg has here in one second. The best place to uh, watch and bet on all sporting events is the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. It is a playoff weekend. Just camp out in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Watch and bet on all of the games throughout the weekend. Reserve your spot right now by emailing events at sportssocialmd.com. I genuinely don't remember how many years we've been doing this with Dave Ginsburg. And this all started just because one year Kyle and I were talking, and I was like, I wonder if I know somebody who votes for the Hall of Fame. Kyle who? Kyle Ottenheimer. Oh, who, Kyle yeah, Ottenheimer. passed away, unfortunately. It's very <laughs> tragic. It was in a fiery car accident. Just awful. Um, and I just sent an email to Dave, and I've known Dave. You know, you've known Dave for basically, I think, 80 years I, at this I point. I don't care for <laughs> the guy. I don't particularly care for the guy. I've heard that about you. I happen to like him a great deal. Uh, he is one of our favorites. Of course, longtime AP sports writer here in Baltimore. He's done a lot for PressBox over the years as well. He is our friend, Mr. Dave Ginsburg, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Ginzy, it's great to chat with you as always, my friend. I hope we didn't interrupt any uh, lobster eating or gallivanting, smoking. Right, gallivanting on the beach today. No. Uh, what happened was <laughs> I just got finished playing some tennis. With Jerry Coleman, one of your oh, friends. Of and, all uh, the, please tell me you can How much ass. money did you win? Um, it was double. So uh, we were on opposite ends, and it was uh, competitive tennis for 90 minutes. I've uh, taken a shower, and I'm all fresh and ready to talk to you guys. Let's do it. Let's all do right. it. Let's remind everybody that Dave Ginsburg, one year ago, his ballot looked like this. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Todd Helton, David Ortiz, Andy Pettit, and Billy Wagner. Now, of course, a few of those players are not on the ballot any longer. David Ortiz got in. Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds both had their 10 years come up. So, that in mind. Dave, do you remember? happen to know off the top of your head what ballot this is for you? How many of these things you've done over the years? I don't know. I, I became a uh, BBWA member in 1994, so I guess we could do the math. And, 28 uh, or 29 it, years, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, and I, I know the first time I put it was Babe Ruth and Honus Wagner. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> Highly controversial ballot that was, by the way. Highly controversial. Ask him, ask him the question about the 3,000 hits of Yankees. Oh, okay. Uh, Stan wants to give you a trivia question. Name all of the career Yankees. Like, not guys that just showed up for a cameo, but guys that you associate as a career Yankee that reached the 3,000-hit career mark. Man, that you you have totally got me here. I, got, I guess Jeter made it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and then there's, um, yeah, Babe Ruth, no. Uh, Lou Gehrig, no. Mickey Mantle, no. Yogi Berra, no. Uh, Joe DiMaggio, no. Derek Jeter's the only one. Yeah, that's yeah. the only one that could came to mind because yep. those guys back then, I mean, Babe I didn't don't know. Babe and, didn't play enough offensively. He was a pitcher for a number of years, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, you know, Mantle was I mean, hurt uh, all the time. It's hard to imagine DiMaggio didn't, but DiMaggio didn't make it to the majors like when he was a kid or anything. He was a little older, I believe. All right. Yeah, anyway. and he didn't go until he was 40 like guys are doing right. now either. That's right. a great point. He walked Happy. away at 35. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody brought up Dave Winfield. He's not a career Yankee, but I get it. You do kind of associate right. him with the Yankees because he was there. He and Boggs are yeah, the right. two, two guys. Yeah. All right, Dave Ginsburg, yeah. for 2023, how many votes did you put in for the Baseball Hall of Fame? 
Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start it by saying this. Some people returned blank ballots, and I understand that because I don't see a sensational class. I mean, last year you had plenty of big names, and I think Ortiz certainly deserved it, and I can see why others did not vote for Bonds and Clemens. But I voted five people in. Five and people, and one of them is not Mike Messina, correct? <laughs> once again, you, you son of a bitch, you left him off again, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> the one year he got in, I promised the next year I was going to vote him in because, you know, sometimes these guys, they deserve to wait a little bit. <laughs> and, you know, some <laughs> um, I, I didn't think Mariano or Jeter deserved to wait too long. So, um, you know. And Those I know, guys will, or, or Cal Ripken, for example, who I know you vote, yeah, you Cal, vote in pretty I mean, quickly. I can understand Cal was total first ballot, and I think one person didn't vote for him on principle. But, you know, I don't know. He, to me, exemplifies what a first ballot Hall of Famer should be. And, and you, did, you did reveal to me, unbelievable, you didn't vote for J.J. Hardy either, which just, I, I can't believe. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't vote for J.J. Hardy. Are you... Uh, 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 David, are you uh, late to the Billy Wagner uh, party? Hang on, he hasn't he hasn't said who he's voted for yet. Okay, so let's let him oh, say okay. who he's oh, voted. Okay, I apologize. let's get to I apologize. that first. Hey okay, guys, do remember I voted for him last yeah. year. Right, but uh, uh, go ahead. I had, I had some reservations. I mean, uh, you know, we could, okay. I voted for him this year as well. We can start just on him, and we'll get to the few others. But yeah, um, am I late for it? Uh, some people had him right off the bat. Um, he's got, he certainly has some qualifications and particularly as a left-handed reliever, but, uh, you know, um, I, I think he was, he deserved it last year, this year, seven time all-star, uh, you know, uh, he's got some great numbers. Um, if you voted for him every single year, he's on the ballot. I'm not going to argue with you, but I think there were better relievers and that's why I didn't think he was, um, you know, warranted first or second. Okay, but he's but on, he is on. We confirm yeah. he is back on the ballot this year for Dave Ginsburg. Yep. Billy Wagner is the first vote. The next name on your ballot is who? Well, uh, let's go with the three that I picked again, and I still am behind on the Andy Pettit bandwagon. I realize that he's been associated with uh, steroids, um, but uh, and a long time tremendous Yankee with uh, a 6.26 winning percentage uh, for reference, Palmer was 6.38. And he has 19 postseason wins, most in baseball history, So, and most postseason innings for that matter. Uh, 44 starts in the postseason. I, I just think it, you know, we've all seen what Justin Verlander has done in the postseason, and Andy Pettit is the anti-Verlander uh, come October. So I put him in as well. Just to just to put it in just to put it in perspective, Gens, forty four starts is almost like a season and a half of starts. That's fair. That's that's unbelievable. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, of course, you know, we're not just talking World Series. It's postseason. Postseason is longer than what it used to be, but still, I mean, to me, that shows his consistency and him, his man, the way he stayed healthy all these years. He was. He was a 30 to 35 start guy virtually every season. And uh, I just think uh, I think he, he warrants a place in the Hall of Fame. Next, and, you uh, all, you, another carryover from your ballot last year. Correct. The final carryover is Todd Helton. Now, people can argue about all he did was play in the 
friendly Coors Field in Colorado, but he really assembled some tremendous numbers uh, away from Coors as well. I'm not going to go into those specifically, but five-time All-Star, three Golden Gloves, and four Silver Slugger Awards. Um, And, you know, I think it's time for Colorado to get some guy in there. They've been around for uh, 25, 30 years, and I think Todd Hilton's a – oh, I forgot. I think – I believe, and I'm not – I don't have it in front of me, but I think he had a 316 lifetime batting average. That is awesome. And he hit 372 one year. I like Todd Helton. So that's why I voted him. I don't have an argument against Todd. The only the only argument against Todd Helton is the Colorado. Of course, thing. Yeah. That's, that's it. But I'm with you. And yes, he did finish as a career 316 hitter, a career 414 um, on base percentage guy. Todd Helton's a hell of a baseball yeah, player. I'm, no I'm with you on that. Now that means there would be two names that are new to Dave Ginsburg's ballot this year. That's correct. And you know what? Here's what I did. I finally conceded to put uh, Gary Sheffield in the. Uh, Hall of Fame. So tell me about um, the thought there. Well, the thought is um, he's not really a tremendous, he wasn't a great teammate and he wasn't um, uh, he had, uh, there were steroid rumblings around him for sure but um, there's no, you know, no doubt but uh, you know, as you know, I, I, with me voting for Clemens and Bonds last year I mean, I, I'm a, a little bit forgiving for steroids which is not to say that I well, might ever forgive Alex Rodriguez for his usage. But um, I, I think Sheffield has some tremendous numbers, and he's waited long enough. This guy is not a first, second, third ballot guy. But at this point, with a two ninety two lifetime batting average, 509 career homers, eight 100 RBI seasons, and a nine-time All-Star, eh, it's pretty hard to ignore. I mean, and it, it's... I don't think that his uh, steroid association was as blatant as many of the others. So, um, you know, look, if anyone could argue his, um, I I guess, his off-the-field demeanor, um, like I said, not a great teammate, but um, his numbers uh, are Hall of Fame worthy. And that's a pickup for Gary Sheffield, which is relevant because this is his second-to-last ballot that he will be on. He's in his ninth year of eligibility. So that number will... I'm sorry, Glenn. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, that was what I was thinking. Um, yep. You know, he's waited. He does. He had to wait. He deserved to wait. And you know, for some, I'm sure he'll he'll not be on their ballot ever. But I think in the ninth time at ninth crack at it with those numbers, um, put him on my ballot. He probably won't make it, and I'll probably give him that one more shot next year. All right, last one. So you said there were five. One yep. more new name could be somebody that's on their first ballot. Could be somebody that you picked up. Who's the fifth name on your Hall of Fame ballot, Dave Ginsburg? A first balloter, Carlos Beltran. Um, you know, you know, uh, not a steroid guy, but certainly in the middle of that sign stealing scandal, and that was uh, something I considered heavily. But to me, uh, while it's cheating, it was not a a selfish move. It was a team oriented type of thing. It wasn't like he was, you know, he was banging the drum in the dugout, but um, that would be the argument against Carlos Beltran. Not certainly not his number as rookie of the year, nine time all-star over 162 games. He averaged 27 homers and 99 RBIs, really good numbers. Uh, Again, uh, if you want to punish him for 
being admittedly he so he admitted it, but apologized for it in that sign stealing uh, scandal with the Astros. Then I respect anyone's decision to keep them off their ballot. Gens, uh, I just went to MLB trade rumors, and uh, the the fact that you've announced that you're for Carlos Beltran is leading. It's like that lead the top story. story now. How about yeah, that? How about that? Significant. Unbelievable. So let's go over the ballot again. <laughs> Beltran, Helton, Pettit, Sheffield, Wagner. Those are your five votes for the Hall of Fame this year. Those are. And, uh, you know, I, I'm certain there were some omissions. Uh, I'm just going to say that a lot of people like Scott Rowland, not that huge a fan of his um, 281 lifetime bag average, if, if it was that. And, uh, didn't make um, didn't make 300 homers, I believe. So I'm, I wasn't that impressed. All right, so let's let's um, let's cover a couple things, right? This is where I pretend to be a journalist for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I put on my fedora cap, and we do our best here. Certainly are, Glenn. Um, no matter what. Thing- Oh, and he says a lot of things. I trust me. He says I not just to you. He says them flatly to me sometimes. Um, <laughs> you bring that up about Roland, and yet Roland finished with a seventy point one career WAR. Obviously, we know because he was just an ungodly outstanding defensive player. Um, you did vote for Carlos Beltran, who has the exact same seventy point one career WAR. So, I guess take me through why does the offense to you matter more? than the prodigious nature of, of Scott Rowland as a defensive player? Well, I'm not to say that it doesn't matter. And gold gloves are important to me, as I noted, with um, Helton getting three of them. And, and yes, he's, he's got – he definitely has a glove. Um, just wasn't um, – you know, over the course of his entire career, I guess I was a little turned off. I'm sort of a homer guy, 316, not – outstanding and he's he really um he had quite a, a i guess a a fade towards his la- latter two seasons of course he was with uh, cincinnati which wasn't uh, competitive and he uh, had a few injuries to deal with last five seasons topped 100 games only once um i'm sorry last four um i don't know i mean roland's okay I just don't think he's he's ready on, to be on my ballot. Could you um, see yourself voting for him if he doesn't make it? And like it's I, it's going to be borderline uh, this year. But if he doesn't make it, could you see yourself voting for him in the future? I absolutely could. He's got he's got serious qualifications. He played for seventeen solid years, and I'm not undermining a two eighty one lifetime batting average. Do do like that a lot. Uh, and his Gold Gloves, a lot of All Star games. Just wasn't ready to put him on yet. I don't think he's in the same category as the five guys that I did vote in. And I realize you get to vote 10, and uh, I think five might be the most I've ever picked. Uh, And I wasn't ready to uh, put Roland in that category yet. I have nothing against Scott Roland's qualifications. Uh, I just thought the... um, there are others that are there. Are at least five that have better qualifications than he does. You, Gens, I'm just curious. Going, I'm I'm moving all over the map a little bit, but but with Billy Wagner, your reasons that you weren't earlier to the dance, I, and I'm not trying to make fun of you or anything. 903 innings gave up like 601 hits or something like that, and in 903 innings had like 1196 strikeouts, and the WHIP is tiny bit lower than Mariano's. I can't argue with a 231 lifetime ERA. I, yep. I certainly, um, 
maybe I may, you know what I, I will say maybe admittedly I'm late on the band okay I, I just that's here um I don't know how many years has he been on it guys because um I just didn't feel like he was a first ballot this, but, is, his, um, this is his eighth ballot yeah. this is his eighth ballot, his eighth uh, ballot. yeah and you had him okay, last well, year. I mean, you had him last year. I think a lot of people were a little bit late. And I'm not saying I was on him the first year, but I've been on him now for about three years. And when I go back and look at his numbers, they are absolutely staggering. I don't know of another pitcher in baseball who has that kind of hits versus innings pitch numbers and with the strikeouts. Just remarkable. I, I thought you were going to fight with him about Jeff Kent. Actually, I thought that was going to be the that one is you're gonna, that is the one which guy is, which is a bit more relevant, obviously, because yeah. it's his final ballot yeah. for for uh, this is eight, number ten. Eight years he he uh, drove in over a hundred runs. Admittedly, they were played most of those seasons with Barry Bonds, but uh, remarkable two ninety hitter lifetime. Did he ever snub you or anything? The rumor <laughs> is no. The rumor is he was such a jackass that a lot of writers never could. Warm to the thought of helping him get into the Hall of Fame. Well, he never did, and let's keep in mind that although there is interleague play now, he was really mostly an NL guy. Yeah, and you know, uh, I really I can't remember if ever I saw him in in town, except maybe you know in uh, Toronto uh, early early in his career with Toronto. Yeah. And he had a 39-game stint with the Indians in 96, but that be that. Um, uh, Good player. Uh, You know, I just don't – I don't know. I I just didn't think – again, I'm just not sure. He had one nice stretch. He started in, um, you know, uh, he he wasn't an all-star until 99, and he made it uh, five times. But, you know, not – I I never really – Never really appreciated his glove. Never, I didn't think it was bad. I just didn't think it was right. awesome. Uh, you know, Did, he had a, a nice stretch, but it took him a while to get rolling. No he question really, about it. He was great for seven seven strong years from, I guess, 97 to, you know, 04. That's eight years. But, um, you know, I just thought the overall body of work, uh, he, I think he put up a lot of those numbers homer-wise because, he, you know, he played uh, – Played a long time, played yeah. seventeen years. Let me just ask um, you: was there was there ever forget the fact you really didn't know him or brush up against him? Did your vote on him ever was it ever impacted by a couple other writers that said he was a jerk or something, or, or was it just simply you didn't see him play as much? Probably. I'm going to go with the latter. Okay, I, I, I don't know if being a jerk. I mean, I'd I'd heard. Some stories. I mean, I mean you like Craig Heist. You like Craig Heist, and you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, my jerk with uh, is very high. So you know, I'm. Uh, I, I've got uh, some pretty uh, look. Albert Bell, the biggest jerk ever. No one's ever, ever going to approach that status. So right. uh, Jeff, a nice enough guy as far as near as I know, but I really okay. didn't encounter him much. And yeah. I got to be honest with him being in the NL and playing a lot for the San, San Francisco and the Dodgers. You know, unfortunately for us, we don't really get to see or hear about those guys because all their games are are played late at night. And by the time they play yep. their next one, they're already in the next day. I mean, I, I just didn't get a lot of of Jeff Kent as a um, you know as 
over the uh, 19, late 1990s and uh, 2000. And to be fair, Dave did vote for Barry Bonds last year. Clearly, he's willing to vote for guys that aren't good dudes. Right. Clearly, that's the case. Um, two well, things. Yeah. yeah. Two things really quickly for me, Dave, if I could. Um, you bring up the, the steroid thing and, and warming a little bit, but you did, as you pointed out, leave Alex Rodriguez off. You also still have Manny Ramirez off the list. Alex Rodriguez is only a second year on the ballot. There's a lot of time there, but Ramirez is getting deeper. Could you see yourself softening at all when it comes to Manny Ramirez? You know, the thing about Manny Ramirez is, it, you know, the Manny being Manny thing, he was, it wasn't just steroids. He wasn't, uh, I, I thought he was very um, all about Manny type of thing. I, he was, I, I, he wasn't a really good teammate. I think, I believe there was a time he was in the showers when the, uh, the game was still being played when he was with the Dodgers. Um, I, I thought he was a, um, all about me type of player. And I didn't say, and I thought that, uh, he was not a very good teammate and I just, um, he, he got burned twice for steroids, suspended twice. And I'm not really sure I'm going to soften up on that okay. because, um, you know, he's uh, he's got a couple of things going for him beyond steroids. Just a uh, terrible fielder and um, not, a, not a very good teammate from all I've read. I, you know, obviously never been in the clubhouse, but he got into a fight with uh, someone. I, it's just, you know, not not my type of guy. Hey, real quick, my last question for you is, and I know it's too late this year, you've submitted your ballot. Please take a look. And I, I'm I'm late to the party on him too, and I'm not saying it's a slam dunk. Look at the body of work of Bobby Abreu. It's it's absolutely remarkable when when you think of the player and then you take a cold hard look at the numbers. Four hundred stolen bases in his career. Well, yeah, and I mean, look know, at the and, hits, and- the hits, the batting average. Uh, you know, it's. I know he's not a slam dunk, but I, I just think he deserves more than 29% of the vote. You might be right. Um, not, you know, I sort of thought he hit more home runs than 288. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, um, he, I'll tell you what, I, I see a lot of, uh, he played a lot of over 150 games a year. And to me, that means something. Yep. You're there for your manager every, yep. every time, you know, you're, every time he's filling it out. Yeah. Um, he had some, yeah, he did have some very good seasons, and uh, I will consider that uh, just a, a couple of all-star picks, though. Um, but still, you know what, Stan, it's not a bad call there. Yeah. Um, it's the just average a, 90 it, it, over it, 160. It's just interesting with the, the, if you look at who's in the Hall of Fame, I don't know that you'll find many 400 homer 288 I mean 288 home 400 400 stolen bases and I'm not saying they're equal in value but that's a pretty special uh, talent package he had so anyway I agree and what I don't remember him being that speedy right yeah it's funny you know he wasn't uh you know you don't look at him and go man uh I just didn't really 400 steals you caught me by surprise. I there. think much of his stolen bases were more the fact that he was smart than they were just he was Ricky Henderson. Yeah, naturally. You know, he just really was smart. And I'll bet you his stolen base percentage of successful steals very high. That's my opinion. Dave Ginsburg. Yep, that's yeah. Looking. 
the ballot again, Carlos Beltran, Todd Helton, Andy Pettit, Gary Sheffield, and Billy Wagner. Good Those ballot. are his five votes for the Hall of Fame. Ginsey, love you, okay. brother. The ones I the ones I excluded, I'll be hearing about it on Twitter. Oh, I, I have no doubt that this program. Right. A hundred <laughs> fan bases are about to come after you and for whatever reason. And it's like the Scott Wright, I think I already saw a Scott Rowland fan trying to get after you this morning. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, it's on. You'll you'll have <laughs> that. Love you, Gins. Hey man, guys, thanks for having me. And I, I love and I love Heisty too if he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I you. Sleeping. That's probably true. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. We'll talk soon. Okay. All right. Thanks, gents. Talk to you later. All right. There you go. Dave Ginsburg, his Hall of Fame ballot for 2023. By the way, next year, I think Adrian Beltre, really the only slam dunk. Like, He's a slam dunk. For dunker. sure, first year guy that you would say. I think Chase Utley's on the ballot next year. There's. You know, there's Joe Mauer, I think, maybe. Is Joe Mauer next year? Uh, Joe Mauer's next year. Eh, Jose Batista's next year, but Bartolo Colon is next year. But Ooh. yeah, I think that Adrian Beltre is really the only. I wonder if Rufnet Odor would vote for uh, Jose Batista. I don't think that he would be on the first ballot. <laughs> I don't think it would work out that way. Might have to wait a few years. Just w- one more thing on Jeff Ken. I mean, he had the most homers ever as a second baseman, second mm-hmm. highest slugging percentage ever as a second baseman yes. behind Rogers Hornsby. I, uh-huh. think, I think he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's one of the greatest that. second basemen. You said that already. I th- I'm just I very disappointed that he's not yeah. going to make the ballot this yeah. year. Uh, he's uh, not gonna. He's he not, needs ninety-one percent of the. Yes, of he's not gonna come close to getting to seventy-five percent. I think the real so. interesting part will be. Uh, I don't, my phone decided to start playing. A, yeah, well, is that Jeff Ken highlights? I don't know if it's Jeff. I don't know what my phone has been doing because it's done that a lot recently. I don't know what it is that we're saying. That's making my phone say, here, let me play a video for it's, you now. It's, it's an app I have on my is that new what iPhone. Is that, that it's talks just, to Play Glenn, it's called. So, play Glenn. So, so weird. All right, very good. Thank you to Dave Ginsburg for doing that again this year. We always appreciate the fact that uh, he doesn't it's have good to do segment. That. Good no, segment. I enjoy the conversation yeah. for sure. All right, today's show is also brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. You can cash in on the Ravens-Bengals primetime wildcard game. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Sign up and bet $20 with Caesars Sportsbook and automatically get $100 in additional free bets. Just bet $20. Get another $100 to play with. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers now to start winning. Carson's pissed off about all the votes that Dave gave out. He's just giving out five votes over here. Carson's like, Steaming the hell's that so all about? Ruining the game of baseball. Young Utes, Tidbit, Tubular, and the Tyus Bowser Show when we come back in. Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our annual Best of Issue. On the cover, we recognize Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman as our 2022 Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and he sits down with us to discuss how his arrival in Baltimore was simultaneous with the Birds' turnaround. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the year throughout the local sports scene. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. 
experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code TAILGATE. That's ginsugrills.com. Reserve yours today. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers started over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at pressboxonline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest. And I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. UMBC basketball home for a pair of games this holiday weekend. Uh, tomorrow, they host Maine at 1 o'clock. And then on Monday, a late afternoon, early evening kind of, I don't know if you call it a matinee. What do you call that uh, when they play at 5 o'clock? That's a uh, 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 early evening. Yes, exactly what like, I was saying. I don't uh, know if there's a name for I'll it. I'll be there, though. So Which one? Uh, the five, five, on Monday? Monday? Excellent. Monday. We're gonna do, my brother and I are going to do a Towson UMBC doubleheader. What Towson, time is Towson? Towson plays at noon. On Monday. Well, look at that. Yeah. Look at that. So a cool, cool opportunity for you to check out. Way. I don't think you'll be able to make that work tomorrow because I think Towson's at yeah. 3 tomorrow and UMBC's at 1. So, But UMBC home tomorrow against Maine at 1 o'clock and Monday against Hartford at 5 o'clock. Great opportunity for you to get out and check out the Retrievers. Get your tickets right now to spend game day at the peak by going to umbcretrievers.com. Uh, I guess this is the last time before you go back to school for young Utes. Dang, it's sad, isn't oh, it? Oh, man. Uh, Carson's got to head back down to Mississippi. Um, and then who knows? Maybe he'll show back up here again. It's uh, Glenn. Point. You're you're just gonna see me like in in like early or late, eh, early May. I'll, I don't. You'll see me walking. I'll be the happy board. to see you, my friend. I'll be very happy He's to see you. He's a natural, you. this guy. Oh, I love, we love Carson. We love, you, I said yesterday on Twitter. I hope that uh, look. I would love to hire him. If I don't, I hope somebody else will steal him out from under me before I get Thank that you, opportunity Glenn. to. Uh, young Utes, what's going on in the world of the young besides the chicken tender store opening, which every every <laughs> young person I know was 
freaking the hell out about yesterday. Everyone. And apparently they're coming to other places in the state of Maryland as well. Yeah, there's one in like Westminster area. Uh, and I think some one going to guy. yeah, I'll one going guy. to Harford County or something like that. I, I heard all sorts of things about the chicken's tender story yesterday. Uh, but besides that, what else do the young people care about? So I think this is 2014 or 2015. There's this meme that became Super is this viral. the Popeyes kid? Yeah, so it's like a kid standing by the drink machine at Popeyes. And yep. I, you still see it floating around every once in a while. So this kid, I'm, you're going to have to forgive me because I'm going to probably mispronounce his name. Probably, yes. It's, Stan, Did, have you ever seen a picture of this young man on the internet? This was a very popular picture of a young man. It was all over Twitter. This is a very famous meme. I do not recall that. Okay, all right. It's picture. a very famous meme. Uh, we believe his name is... The Ernest Collin, but something yes. like that. Yeah. Uh, so this kid just somehow got found, and it comes. Uh, turns out that he actually plays Division Two football, and he scored an nil an nil deal with Popeyes. It's a great. It's, so it's Popeyes sponsors him now, and they did a big post for him, a welcome to the team, and <laughs> and all that stuff. Uh, on Jan- somebody found this out. He plays at Lake Erie College. That's He's right. a offensive lineman. He just finished his freshman year, and I don't know who discovered it, but somebody sent out a tweet that said, you know, the kid from the the pop the kid from the Popeyes meme is now a college football player. So he. It, I guess they played in some sort of bowl game or something, but recreated the famous photo of himself. And you can see the correlation. Doing the eyeball there, thing absolutely. at a trophy instead do, of at. Do you think Popeyes is really giving him cash or it's trade? It's all uh, trade. Like, I, you know, I, hey, we'll I give you $10,000 worth of chicken. I don't know how much they think this advertising has been yeah. worth to them over the years. If yeah. they think it's been worth, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. I think there's a real chance they might have given him cash to, to be. But yes, sure, they might have very well swept in and said, "Hey, how about you eat for free here for a little while?" And man, I remember being yeah. in college; I would have been very excited. I love that. Popeyes. Yeah, I, I would have taken that deal in a heartbeat. Yeah, he sent out a tweet that just said, "I need everyone to go to my Instagram at Ernest, repost my recent post, and tag Popeyes. I just want to talk." And within Boom, within days, NIL he had deal. an nil deal with Popeyes. That's it's great. awesome. It's awesome. It's very. I I do love that story. That's a great story. Yep. Uh, so the next thing, a lot of young people have become very, almost infatuated with Yacht Rock. The Ooh, I can get behind uh, this. You know, Steely Dan and the Doobie Brothers and, and that sort of My thing. My favorite Yacht Rock song of all time is uh, King of Wishful Thinking by Go West. Really? I'm love a, I'm, a, I'm a Dirty Work fan. Okay, all right. So, but the y- young people have become very infatuated with Yacht Rock and listening to it and talking about it and it's it, it's kind of interesting people do we are, know why is there a story there's as to like sort of a i think that i don't know why young people have this thing and griffin you can you yeah. can probably attest to this young people have this thing where they like when certain songs make them feel like they're somewhere else and there's this whole thing of wow these songs make me feel like i'm on but a boat but in there's the, in nothing the middle of the ocean with th- all my there's friends. nothing that started there wasn't a yacht rock song that played in a tv show or in a movie or something not like that, that, I know, that not that i know of or was uh, the background to was this is what i'd understand i don't know how this became a story then that young people are into yacht rock this just, just sort of sounds to me like i want to talk about yacht rock <laughs> it's, well if you go on well how do you spell their name no, yacht. It's yacht. Yeah, like, like a yacht. A yacht. Yes, okay, yeah. that's what it's yacht you rock. said. It makes you feel. It's, like it's you're a certain. Out on a boat it's an eighties vibe. Right. It's there is a genre of music that was Christopher Cross and mm-hmm. you know like that. Yeah. Was just sort of out on the water for the day. Some music you could play in the background. Sailing. It's, you could go that way. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And so we've associated it with yacht rock over the years. And there was an XM channel that was like yacht rock 
you know, whatever, 87 or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, there's a band that travels around this area called Yacht Rock Review that just plays famous Yacht Rock songs. Like, I, I just wonder why young people suddenly discovered Yacht Rock. I feel like it's because of movies and like TV shows that I feel like play the songs. But anything in particular? Songs. Well, I'm thinking maybe Guardians of the Galaxy, just like that kind of music. It was more like, I feel like 80s, I don't know, maybe that yeah. some of those songs might qualify also, as Yacht Rock Also, Sopranos, songs. I feel like, kind of uses a lot of That was a long time rock. ago, Griffin. <laughs> yeah, but it, it kind of made a comeback over the pandemic. Like, people started, young people like Screaming myself started it watching it. Yeah. It's interesting. I, don't, I would like to know more about why That's my theory. young people suddenly found themselves... I feel like Michael McDonald could qualify in this. Yeah, like, I know there's no dance trend or anything behind it. People are just starting to listen to you. Know, I'm, I'm, I'm in favor of I'm it. I'm for, for it. I don't mind it. I'm in favor of it. I do enjoy Not all the time, but I do enjoy some Yacht Rock. And number three? Oh, the last one. This last is the final one. Well, one. for now. It's, anyway, yeah, for now. It's not, just, just for now. It's, just, not, it's right. not goodbye. It's just see you later. That's, that's all that's it is. That's exactly right. So uh, this is a big time trend of, of discussion, and people are posting about it on social media. It's what would your last meal be? If you had one last meal, what would it be? And it's kind of like a mix and match thing where it's like, okay, I want this sandwich from this place, but I want the fries from this place, and I want this chocolate milkshake from this place, and you mix and match. So, so I was what's wondering, your, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe we could all do our last meal. All right, what's your answer? You're the one who prepared it. Because um, that's the second to think. I want an... I want a cheesesteak with onions and Cooper Sharp from Angelo's Pizzeria in Philadelphia. Okay. And then I want uh, fries from Brookside Market with honey mustard. Okay. And then I want one single carne asada taco from Taco Shop in Oxford, Mississippi. And then I want a chocolate milk and a Dr. Pepper. Well, you really thought this thing out, man. Like, you really went deep with this whole thing. You keep eating like that, it won't be long. But it's his, it's his last meal. Yeah, he's going to be dead. Right. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be dead. That's the point. Eat whatever the hell you I want. Understand. You're dying. You got an idea for your last meal, Stan? You have a. Uh, I'm, I'm. Believe it or not, I'm a huge hot dog and beans. You fan. do love. I, we, love I didn't know you about dog. the beans side of it. Would you yeah. be willing to consume oh. a pork and beans popsicle by chance? No. Oh, no. Oh, that's not. a that's Come a real on, shame. I, I knew no. that was coming. It's going to be something that's going to be happening I make, soon. I don't make food bets. No. Uh, all right, but I'll bet you, almost you're anything saying, else. You're saying your you. They tell you, Stan, tonight's the night. I'm so yeah. sorry. It's your last night on earth. Yeah. You just want hot dogs and beans. It would be fine with me. Man. Man. This is essentially like what and our... And then I'll take a coffee milkshake. A coffee milkshake. That's all a right. wild it's combination. With some good final with, meal. With some uh, whipped cream on it. Wow. All right. Yeah. All right. Very good. And uh, a bowl of Costas in crab soup. I do love... Uh, I would go half and half, though. I would go... I'm a, I'm a Maryland crab. I, I like the spice of the... I know a lot cre- of people I like do. The, Jane, I like Jane, the Jane likes it. The issue I have, and they do it well at Costas. They don't do it as well at some places. Some places... You get too much of the the, um, the. I don't need all the vegetables. I really just want the spice of the crab soup right. with the cream of crab, which I love so bad. I right. want the, that spice with the cream of crab. That's the way I and want. You want my, more crab, of course. I do want more crab. Yes, place of the less exactly yeah. right. Now I understand why businesses can't do that because right. they would have to charge me forty dollars for my soup at that. What's your last meal? It is my last meal. Give me what I want at that point, Griffin. Do you have a? Yeah, uh, I think uh, it'd be a Sunday afternoon. Orioles are playing. Getting their asses kicked, mm-hmm. and I got a whole ton of steam crabs in front of me, some light beer, and I'm just going <laughs> crabs for hang on, three hours. Meal. You couldn't re- prefer that they win the game? I mean, what? well, it's Why a they Sunday. Getting their it's asses a Sunday. Kicked. The Orioles oh, never win on they Sunday. Don't who are they playing? Probably the Blue Jays. How does the game turn out? It's probably the Blue Jays, and they're just you know. 
losing. Uh, it would be all barbecue for me. It would be a barbecue-heavy meal. I would uh, Rodney Scott's down in Charleston would probably be the place that I would just get one of those like massive platters of everything, ribs, brisket, the whole deal. I just want brisket all of it. Good. I would I eat all the carbs that I have eating, so I would oh, definitely – there would be a lot of cornbread involved. There would be an awful lot of cornbread. Some uh, cornbread souffle, by the way. I got some Grandma Utz also on the side. Though, so I'm snacking on while I'm okay. I have to have a little, now that I think about it, with the hot dogs and baked beans yeah. and the chocolate and the coffee milkshake and the crab soup, got to have a little bit of brisket to go yeah. out. I mean, okay. come on, man. Yeah. Come on. There's nothing wrong with yeah. that. Yeah, I'm barbecue. Like, if I, This is the last thing I'm ever going to taste in my life. To me, food is barbecue. Like That's when I think, the way that people think of steak dinners, and I love a good steak dinner, don't get me wrong, yep. but I feel that way about barbecue I would have to think about a good Italian dinner at some point. You also love your uh, like New Orleans cuisine. I, oh God, I don't even think about going out of New Orleans. Do I get that oh, option? Can I just char grilled oysters? Oh from, my God, from oh, Drago's! Holy from Drago's, hell, yes. man! I lick the plate. I remember I that? Think oh, about that. Goodness. I do love remember New Orleans we went food. to that restaurant that? Ah, uh, we did the one that was briefly there in White yeah. Marsh that I enjoy. Yeah. I do love. Didn't that. quite make it. Oh it God, good, I didn't even think about the rabbit jambalaya at Coops. Son of a bitch! I would absolutely need the rabbit jambalaya from Coops. I needed more time for this question. I need yeah, you to give me this at the front. Yeah, and remember, you don't have to worry about losing weight. One hundred percent. I'm gone. Yes, you're gone. Gone. I'm dead. 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 Gone in sixty seconds. One hundred percent. That's a good one. Well done, Carson. Thanks. Well done. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit brought to you today by the print issue of Press Box. It is our best of issue of Press Box, including. Adley Rutschman, our Mogaba Sports Person of the Year, on the cover. Go get it right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms and the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. You can read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. It's, of course, a Hall of Fame-themed uh, you know, themed, uh, sh- Glenn Clark radio edition yes. today. So, did a Hall of Fame tidbit. I wanted to ask you guys if you could name the 14 players. So, there have been 14 players that have 96% of the vote or more. Can you name the 14 Tom guys? Tom Seaver. Tom Seaver is Cal Ripken. Cal Ripken is on Derek, the list. Uh, Derek, Jeter. Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter, of course, on uh, the list. Mariano Rivera, of course. Mm-hmm. Mike Schmidt. Mike Schmidt, yes. George, George Brett. George Brett, yes. How many more do we have? Willie Mays. Uh, Willie Mays did not. More, unfortunately, racist voting. Yeah. Only 94.6%. How about Kirby Puckett? Not Kirby Puckett. Al Kaline. Not Al Kalen. How about Nolan Ryan? Yeah, Not yeah. or yes, Nolan Ryan. Yeah. Sorry, that's what I thought. Yeah. Reggie Jackson. Uh, not Reggie Jackson. Mariano Rivera. We already got that yeah. one. Hank yeah. Aaron. Hank Aaron is of course in the Hall of Fame and does have ninety-seven point eight percent of the vote. So yes. Right. How many are we missing? How many more? Were uh, one, two, we got, three. we got eight. Four. We've gotten eight of them. Christy Five. Matthews. That's I mean, a good no, guess. Uh, yeah, that's a good guess, but he is not on there. Uh, Ken Griffey. Yes, Ken Griffey nice. is at 99. That is the there are three guys that have 99. He is one of them. Ken, Kenny Griffey and Derek Jeter and Mo Rivera. Uh, I said there are four more now. I believe uh, one, yeah. two, three, four. Well, Babe Ruth. Five. Five more. Six more. Babe Ruth. Uh, Babe and Ruth. not Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. Sandy Only Co- 95. percent Sandy Koufax. Not Sandy Koufax. Are we? Are we? What about Jackie Robinson? Not Jackie. Jim Ross. Palmer. Not Jim Palmer. Tony Gwynn. Yes. Nice. Tony Gwynn in 2007 got 97.6. Um, Not Jim Palmer. Ty Cobb. Yes, Ty Cobb on the very first Hall of Fame ballots. Yeah. 98%. Roy Halladay. Not Roy Halladay. Ricky Henderson. Ricky Henderson was just shy, 94.8. Robin Yout. 
Good guess, but not. Nice. Roberto Clemente? Mm. Not Clemente. God. They were tough voters. Tony right? Perez. E, no, not Tony Perez. Greg Maddox. There you go. Greg Maddox. In Glavin. Johnny Bench. Not Glavin. Yes, Johnny Bench. Uh, 96.4. He is Ted Williams. Person. Not Ted Williams. So we got, we got <laughs> one more that we need to get? Ted Williams. I have two more. Two more. Joe DiMaggio. Not Joe DiMaggio. Lou Gehrig. Not Lou Gehrig. Rogers Hornsby. Not Rogers Hornsby. No, we, should, Fox? There's two more. Yeah, should they, are they modern or are they? Uh, one of them is pretty modern, and actually they're they're both pretty. They both got inducted in the last eight years. Okay. Uh, uh, what's his, what's his name? The uh, Hawk, Andre Dawson. Not Andre. He, Dawson. I don't think he was first ballot, was he? No, he wasn't. That's the right. Uh, Chipper Jones. Yes, Chipper Jones in 2018. Jim Rice. Who's the last one? Piazza. Joe Morgan. Not Piazza. Joe Morgan. Not Joe Morgan. He was a pitcher. Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson. Nice. Randy Johnson. 2015, 97.2% yeah, of the bad. votes. Not bad. Good. That's good tidbit, Griffin. Good tidbit. Tidbit was also brought to you today by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Again, final day is for you to use the code TAILGATE and save $100 at ginsugrills.com. Tubular brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. You can cash in on the Ravens-Bengals primetime wildcard game. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Sign up and bet $20 with Caesar Sportsbook and automatically get $100 in additional free bets. Just bet $20, get another $100 to play with. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers right now and start winning. And I should probably point out that gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. And remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 24-7, or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Some highlights for the weekend as far as Totally Tubular is concerned. Hey, don't forget, by the way, this is the first ever year where if any of these playoff games go to overtime, touchdown does not win. Both teams are guaranteed to get the ball in overtime. So if Ravens-Bengals Sunday night goes to Gotta overtime. Be with the unders. And, then what hap- and then what happens after that? The after next team that, to score any score? If So did we give this is the first time ever. There might be strategy to the coin flip because the second team, if you give up a touchdown right. and you go down and you score a touchdown, you would you have the option two. of trying to go for two and ending the game right there or giving it back to the other team knowing that if they score again, they now it's over. It's just, or even if they kick a field goal. Like, all you're guaranteed is the one possession. Okay. So it's a very – it becomes sudden death after that. So it's an interesting scenario that presents itself. Do you still want the ball first, or do you want to get the ball second, knowing that if you score the touchdown, you could decide, we're going to go for two and end the game right here. That's an interesting scenario that could play out this weekend. Tomorrow, Fox for 49ers, Seahawks at 4.30. NBC's got Chargers, Jaguars at 8.15. Of course, Sunday – Dolphins Bills at 1 on CBS, Giants Vikings 430 on Fox and NBC for Ravens Bengals at 815. College basketball this weekend, as we mentioned, tomorrow UMBC's at home against Maine at 1 o'clock on ESPN 3. Navy's at Loyola at 5. Uh, Towson's at home against Monmouth at 3. That game is on CBS Sports Network, so you can watch it on TV. And then the big one, Morgan Coppin tomorrow, 4 o'clock at Coppin for that. Maryland plays on Sunday as they take on Iowa 430 on Big Ten Network on the road. Uh, the Australian Open gets underway on Sunday night, 7 o'clock on ESPN. Unfortunately, no Carlos Alcaraz in the Australian Open, but Novak Djokovic injury for the first time. Yeah, injury. Who's winning? Uh, I mean, Djokovic is... He's going to win? Not only is he the favorite, I want to say, and this is, you, this is unheard of, I want to say he might be 
Like a like even money favorite wow. going into the start of a tournament, which you never see. Neil Medvedev would be the only real like kind of threat. Is Nadal playing? Uh, Nadal is playing. Yes, what about he Sebastian is Corda? Uh Probably not going to win the Australian Open, but yes, I know. You know, he's had a couple of good wins. Is coming Kyrgios? Into the, is Kyrgios, Kyrgios playing? is playing. And yes. what's her, what's her name? Uh, Osaka is not, not playing. playing. She's no, pregnant. She's pregnant. Exactly pregnant. right. Great story. So yeah, the Australian Open gets underway on Sunday night. Everything else you can find at glenclarkradio.com. Non sports. Any highlights? Of course, Breakpoint series premiere on I Netflix. I said highlights. The Breakpoint is this is the tennis documentary oh, on Netflix. Okay. It's like well, from, I, it's like from the F one Drive to Survive. That's series. right. I do remember. Yeah. And so yeah, there'll be focused on a lot of players. Yep. Felix Auger, Ali Asim, my favorite like name. Yes. Uh, Nick Kyrgios, I think, has a big like feature in there. Um, so they, I think Francis Tiafo is also featured in it. Uh, let's see, as well as sick movie on uh, Peacock. This is a pandemic-themed horror movie. Get any highlights? MILF Manor is on Sunday night. Make sure your DVR is set because I, the Ravens are playing the I same time. I do think we might have to watch MILF Manor, my friend. I Milf do think Manor we might have to do TLC. that. Uh, the Last of Us series premiere the, based on the video game. This is on HBO Sunday night as well. It looks pretty good. It's got uh, Pedro Pascal. Okay. And it's like an apocalypse, post, post-apocalyptic. Uh, if you say so. Zombie-themed thing. Sure. The Last of we'll Us. We'll go with on that. HBO, yes. yes. And The Mayor of Kingsdown, season two on Paramount Plus, also this weekend with Jeremy Renner. Okay. All right. Very good. Did, Very good. Did you see that the accident that Jeremy Renner had? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, you know, when, when I first read about it, I thought it was like he was snowboarding. Yeah, I mean, uh, what's it uh, called? Uh, a snow- snowmobile, yeah. Snow- had a snowmobile, and he, like, ran into snow. A tree. He got run over yeah. by a snow removal. It's unbelievable. 14,000 yeah. plus pounds un- went over him. Unbelievable. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God it didn't kill him. Thank, I mean, it's it's really remarkable. Yeah. Really remarkable. Did you, did you watch uh, Pale Blue Eye, the Edgar Allan Poe movie? Yes, I did. Oh, you did? What did you think, Stan? Uh, I have a few problems with it. Was but, it a little uh, slow but for you? The kid who played, yeah, yeah, Harry Mellon. The kid who played uh, Edgar Allan Poe is just off the charts. And of course, great. he was with Christian Bale, so it was fine acting. I didn't need to watch it. It was a little slow. Okay, it was a little slow, but you know, right. very good performances. I will. Uh, I'm not going to be able to watch it this week because I'll be busy. I, I want to talk about it. Why don't we play? Yeah, Tower yeah. of Terror. I didn't know that the mother was Gillian Anderson. Oh, Gillian Anderson's been like everything recently. She was wonderful I, I, in. Um, this woman had such an affect to her character and i go i know i've seen it and then my brother mentioned it it was gillian anderson i did not know that bale's always great um she was great in the netflix show sex education she was wonderful in that show as the the mom um all right now we did everything we're good okay we'll get tyus bowser before we get out of here stan you'll be on with the guys tomorrow morning on the bat around i'll be on the bat around tomorrow morning and uh, monday night it might be pushed to like 6.30. I think we're going to have Matt Blood on. Okay, from the, from the Orioles. Orioles. Yeah. Absolutely. Look forward to that. Thank you, as always, my friend. At Stan the Fan on Twitter is how Thank you follow me. Thank you for me. having me. And Stan's going to do a little more. So just to reiterate to you guys, I am going to be away next week. We are going to use next week. We had some studio things we needed to take care of. So we're going to use next week to take care of those. And then I'll be back the following week. Uh, and look forward to being back with you as I'm taking the family down to Disney next week. So no shows next week, but Stan will be doing a little more content uh, at facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Uh, Ken Zalis is going to do some stuff for us as well. So there will be some content as uh, Griffin will be working on the studio. He's uh, rolling his sleeves up and personally trying to take care of all of that. 
Uh, Carson, thank you, my friend. Been yeah. great having you back. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, we Love will it here. obviously be trying to get you some more uh, some more things as we continue sure. down the road. But of appreciate. I'll all, be back. Absolutely. All of your hard work. It, it 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 definitely does not go unnoticed. We thank you so much for that. Absolutely. At Carson Ware with an I. With an I is it. how you follow him. And I'll be back. Griffin, thank you for nothing. My, my brother did say uh, Carson's been his favorite intern since since really? I joined the program. Now, really wow. weird. It just seems like you're taking well, shots at Micah you. though directly because well, it's really my only brother, this is what my brother. It's really only been two. Ernie didn't do a thing. Like, it's really taking a a direct shot at Micah. That's not a direct shot. By the way, is my mic stolen? Yes. Just got to thank my friends at K&S. Love K&S. David. They've had my car the last couple of days. I'm getting it back today from that Love idiotic them. accident that I happened. Correct. So. But uh, they do incredible body work. Thank K&S. you to them. Uh, in addition to all the repairs they do on all those foreign vehicles. And, of course, the boys of Hand the Calendar is available there as well. Thanks to Stan. Thanks to uh, Dave Ginsburg. Thanks to Rocky Boyman. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God. It's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Again, no shows next week. We'll be back the following week. Thanks, everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, the Baltimore County Police Department, Problem Gambling, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Maryland Jockey Club, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, UMBC Athletics, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go Ravens, sure. Go all local hoops teams. Duke sucks. We wrap up the week with segment number three of the Tyus Bowser Show from this week at Guilford Hall Brewery. Back out here for segment number three of the Tyus Bowser Show, Press Box and 105.7 Fan. We're at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. Rita and Glenn and your host, Tyus Bowser. This is appropriate for us to wind down the season this way. Just the three of us. Just the three of us. Yeah, that's good. Thank you again to Kyle Hamilton, who was awesome, came out with us. Of course, want to remind everybody that you can still use the code TAILGATE and save $100 when you order your Ginsu Kamado Grill. Go to GinsuGrills.com right now. It is the perfect ceramic tailgate or home grill for searing, grilling, baking, and smoking just about anything. Again, GinsuGrills.com. Um, Tyus, Roquan got paid this week. Understatement. What are the and by the way, I think we all support that, right? You're oh, man. You're a man who got paid. Maybe not like what he got paid. I didn't get paid what he got paid, but <laughs> right? he got he got paid, paid. What's that do? Like, is there a residual effect like in the locker room, like that you're just so happy for a dude when something like that happens? Yeah, like, absolutely, man. Just number one, just his character and the type of man that he is and how much pride that he takes in his work, the leader that he is, and just how well he gels with everyone and how well he's able to communicate and just bring on a good vibe for this for this franchise, man. And I think he just fits well with this team and, you know, and it shows on film. So I'm definitely happy for this guy, man. So happy that he got paid and got what he deserved. And looking forward to seeing him in purple and black for the next five years. So How do good. you feel about, like, you know, since he's been here, has it, it, it feels like from the outside looking in, that he's embraced the culture very quickly. That he's, you know, just he's. he's it feels perf- like he was supposed to be. He's a supposed Raven to be here from, from the beginning. One, right? You know what I mean? And so, like, it, 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 it does that translate to you guys? It just feels like he's always been here. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Like I said, it's just about his character, man. I feel like for us as a as a as an organization, we pride ourselves on good character, good people who work hard, who you know does the right things, who's going to be a leader you know, on and off the field. 
and that's just gonna help everyone be better, you know, whether they're a player, whether they're, you know, working upstairs, whatever the case may be, just helping everyone feel good about themselves and, you know, just bringing wins to this organization. So I'm happy to have them here, man, and I'm really happy for him. I really am. It's awesome, yeah, man. It's amazing. He had an amazing 24 hours, you got to figure, right? Georgia won the national championship, oh, yeah. and then he got all <laughs> he that money. So he, he on top of the yeah, world right yeah. now. That's a double whammy for him. Yeah. For Out, sure. Outside of his championship loss, but other than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey. He, he's talked about that a few times, but he's he's on the, he's on the upside. Yeah, so he good. yeah. By the way, if Houston won a national championship, you totally celebrated like it was your own. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Oh, yeah. Like You might even take credit for it in 20 Shoot, years. I'll be celebrating basketball too. Every, right? every single way I'm Num like, number one. I was part of that. You know That's what I'm correct. saying? <laughs> right? I, I helped this. I started this. You know what I'm saying? Man, they should probably give you a ring if they win it all this nah, year. No, no, no. I'm going to start that campaign. You don't have to. I'll do it for you. I'll hey, be here. Give Tyus a ring. Hey, I'm fine with it. At that point, hopefully you'll have two. At that point, hopefully there'll yes. be a pair of rings. Lord willing, man. What are the rules when somebody gets paid? Is there, like, like, do you do do they do y'all make them take y'all out to dinner? Like, I, you know, like I know that that's a rookie thing, but like when somebody gets paid, do is is it like I know you got it? You can take me to the roots, Chris, and get me the forty nine dollar deal. Shoot, he's gonna be in there with the group with Calais and you know Marcus Peters, where when we go out to eat, it's like. You got this, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, we can't afford this, but I know you definitely can afford it. So, so basically, you going to spend all this money on dinner and then say, I can't afford it, you pay it? No, nah, I ain't like that. I'll definitely help out if okay. need be. But I know it ain't going to hurt his pockets than me. But Okay, but there's like, in golf, there's a tradition. If you hit a hole in one, you go back to the clubhouse and buy everybody drinks, right? I know like, that. That's the tradition. If you hit a hole in one, because it's kind of luck, right? Like you kind of pay it for. Hold on, you hit a home, you mm -hmm. hit a hole in one, and you have to pay. That it? is, that is the tradition. If you hit a hole in one, you go back to the clubhouse. What about the people you whip pay for you to get a drink? No, because, because you, you hit the hole in but one. But it, it's golf, man. It's goofy. It's not like the ball ever <laughs> drops right down into the hole. I'm you just saying. You got lucky. Like you're, you, you, you losing your money for doing something great. Yeah, but you got to say you hit a hole in one, which is kind of a big deal, right? But like, you're paying for somebody else. I, brother, there are so many traditions in golf that it's I can't. It's so weird. I know you're looking at me because I'm a white man, and I'm supposed no, to say I am the that's spokesperson that's for the game not of golf. The but I can't do that. I don't understand this sport. <laughs> I don't understand it too much. I played it a few times, but I didn't know about that one, though. It is a tradition. I'm saying, is there, like, is it a known thing? Dude gets, you got a contract. Mm-hmm. Was there like a, maybe I get my guys a, a watch or something? Like, is uh, there anything like that that exists? Simply? Yeah, of course. I think like when, when Judon was here and he was that franchise tag, like during Christmas, he did something for the entire outside linebacker group, just getting us, you know, gifts and stuff like that. So I feel like that's definitely a thing where, whether it's a defense or even like when Weddle was here, uh, when, he, when we made the playoffs and he got that million dollar uh, yeah, bonus. Yeah, that bonus, right. He bought, he bought pretty much the whole defense um, a bottle of the uh, Louis Thirteen. Oh, that's mm. expensive. Like mm. name stitched, name carved in there. That's like, cool. That was dope. Like different stuff like that. That's whatever. cool, man. Yeah. So look, now that Kyle's not here, did you make him pay for dinner? Not, oh. not yet, but we you gonna make him? Yeah, we definitely gonna we definitely gonna get him. Not not like they not like they did that other kid that that made it on on social media. They oh, tried no. to say they they he had to pay a hundred. Well, he came out and said that that was an untrue number and that yeah. his teammates did help chip into the bill. But 
You gonna no. rack it up a little bit? I know he's a he's a DB, so I'm sure Marlon and all of those guys will take good care of him when it comes <laughs> to stuff like that. We normally work within our linebacker group, D line, ah. so we we normally come at the at the D line. But there's not a big like we've always thought there's a big rookie dinner at the beginning of the year that like everybody got to go to and the rookies not, have to. Well, kind of like how we've always done it is like by positions. Okay. So ever since I got here. It was always like a D-line, linebackers, dinner. And then the DBs had their own dinner, receivers had their own dinner, quarterbacks, things like that. But nothing to where the entire team is there because I think only the few times that we actually went out together as a full team was preseason. And Halloween, and, right? Yeah. And then on yeah. Halloween. Yeah. yeah. So. By the way, there was a request that came in again. The same person that requested the first time did message me last week and said, I'm, I'm sorry, I've forgotten who it was, ask if now that the season's, you know, our show's coming to a close, if you'd be willing to grace us with a little uh, Vanessa Carlton. <laughs> that request came in again. And you had said, like, maybe, before the year was over, maybe you would do that. I still think about it. Oh, oh man. I still think about it, man. I'll try. I'm, I'm in playoff mode right now, so uh, I'm trying to lock in. Sounds to me like we need to do another show in the near future. <laughs> hey, if we win the Super Bowl, should I do it? <laughs> Y'all heard it. Y'all heard it. I do it. You heard him. All right. Hey, we That's a promise. I don't care. That's a I'm promise. I love that. Hey, Maryland Vascular Specialists, their team of surgeons is Maryland's leaders in ethical arterial procedures. Tyus, I figured as we wind down uh, the shows that we've done, unless, of course, you win the Super Bowl, in which case then we will do another yeah. show. Uh, I thought we might have some fun. Okay. Do a little team superlatives. You've been around these guys all year. Mm -hmm. You've gotten to know them. Mm -hmm. I want to give you a most likely to blank, and you tell me which of your teammates is most likely to fit this bill. All right? All right. All right? So, for example, most likely to be so convincing in an argument that you somehow end up switching to their side. Yeah, who's the lawyer of the group? The lawyer in the group. I'll probably say um, I'll probably say Marcus Peters. Really? Yes, I'll say Marcus Peters because you could have your own you could have your own situation. Oh, that that look good. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tyus just got yeah, a pizza. He's really excited about it. But We're you could be for Hall Brewery, by the way. Yeah, but uh, you could talk about something and then him he might be totally wrong. And just the way he talks about it, how he how he interprets it, you'll just be like. I didn't think of it that way, right? <laughs> and could be totally wrong. So I definitely you, is that, Can you give us an example of something you've actually changed your mind uh, about because of him? I can't, I can't pick right, on that right, right now. All but. right, but that's good. That's good. That's what I was looking for. Rita, you want the next one? All right, most likely to not be paying attention when you're looking, excuse me, when you're talking to them because they're in their phone. Marlon Humphrey. You know what? I mean, he's the social media king over there. Yeah. It really does check out, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, like I could literally be like, Hey, Marlon. 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 <laughs> and like, you could already walk on and be like, did somebody just tap me? I'd be like, yeah, that was me. Oh, what's up? And still be on the phone again. Glenn, I can, I can confirm this too, because there's not a time that I've gone to the facility yeah. like for media mm -hmm. availability and he's not on his phone no. like everybody else is like in, taking a shower he just he, <laughs> he is just sitting there on the phone 
like this. I think this was the only one of these that I assumed I knew the answer for, by the way. Like, it was the easiest answer you probably ever had to give. No, no, but uh, in that situation, yes, but when you talk about like just sitting down on the phone, doing nothing, it's definitely J.K. Dobbins. And I, I mentioned that to him, and it's a thing that he does now because I let him know, I'm like, bro, J.K., continue to do what you do because when he's always done it, he go out there and ball out. It's true. Yard rushes, I'm like, Continue to be you, man. And he'd be like, make sure you keep that music going. But he'd be sitting in his locker for hours, like still having the same clothes or just chilling. Everybody had already gone and left, and he's still chilling hey, there. That's so. crazy. Yeah. You're, like, you're like, bro, we, what, all right, keep going. It's hey, working. Keep doing right? it, man. It, it's working. I ain't going to stop you. You want to do the next one? All right. This is a good one. Most likely to dramatically exaggerate a story they're telling. So who be lying in there? Who be lying? You know the type, like you've been at, you were there for the story they're telling. You know how it went, but when they tell it. They kind of, you know. They're adding excuse, a little bit more. Excuse some Calais of the facts. Campbell. Really? Calais. Nuh-uh. Calais be just talking. He'd be like, well, maybe it wasn't like that, but you know, it's just, <laughs> I think it's just, I'd be like, come on, bro. Come on, bro. You know, it wasn't. Man, you know, I got to add a little bit to it, man. You know, I'm like, oh, come on, come on. Come on. Definitely Calais, man. He's Most funny. likely to volunteer to let you eat them first if y'all were stranded on a deserted island. So who's the weirdo? The mo- no, no, the most selfless. Like the person that is so selfless. I was wondering where you was going with that. If everybody's, st- you know the type. Because what I said is what you thought, <laughs> no, wasn't it? No, no, okay, no. that's what I thought. You know the type. This is the person who's like, Guys, I understand. You can just go ahead and I don't need two arms. You can have this one. Like my mind is messed up right now, so I'm trying to like <laughs> so I'm trying to like get back to reality. Um Can you repeat? Can you repeat? Uh, just go to the next okay, one, Rita. Yeah, just go yeah, to the next okay, one. Okay, so what yeah, I understood what Glenn was trying to do, but he's saying who's the guy? Okay, this is what he's trying to say. Who's the guy that would take the shirt off of his back? That's for you? really what I'm oh. trying to say. They're so selfless. Oh, you know, Glenn. More, yeah, yeah, Glenn was all over the place there. Um, I would probably. Selfless. All right. Well, I will. I'll probably. I'll put in like. I'll put in like. I'll probably put like Ro- Roquan, man. Really? Yeah. That dude, like, he, he'll look after you. That's cool. He always, yeah. I'll say him or like Justin Houston. All right, Rita, try to I get us back Justin on track. Yeah. Try sure. to get us back on All track. All right, you- let, me get, let, us, let me get back yeah. on track here. All right, so who's most likely to start a fight on your behalf? So who's bout it, bout it? Marcus Peters. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a fact. Marcus Peters. But, also, but, but, I, but I think we all know yep, that. that one also I checks feel, out. I feel like that's, that translates to what we all think about him. So you got to give us somebody else. Okay. Because you already used Marcus Peters. Yeah, who would we be surprised by? Who's the yeah, guy that's that, a good that question. we wouldn't know you want in your foxhole? Like, um, I'll probably say, like, Justin Matter BK. Really? Yeah. Justin Matter BK. Um, I'll probably say uh, Zach Orr. Um, who else? 
We got some dudes, man. We're sending like really about that life. We're sending really all of them <laughs> after. They really are. We're gonna make sure they all walk up and shake hands. I know hands. Marcus Peters is well, the we, number I one. I think we all can agree yeah, that no we doubt. think Marcus Peters is the one that's going. We're sending some happen. He he we're, one of the first ones. We're sending them to shake hands with Jackson Carmen before the game on Sunday. <laughs> and then I'll give you the final one: most likely to cry for no reason at all. To cry for no. You reason. know the type. That just gets emotional, right? Like for no reason. Who was crying on Lion King? Our guy John Miller admitted he was crying during Lion King. See, I mean, you know, it happens. Just crying for no reason. We ain't got nobody like that. I feel like you're protecting somebody. I'm As serious. he should. As he like should. You're protecting crying somebody. for no reason. Just is an emotional person. Like somebody who would start telling you about how much they love you and they would get emotional about it. You know that type. Oh, um, I probably wouldn't cry about it, but he'll definitely like. Who's the I love you in the group? I love you, bro. I'll probably say like Calais, Tristan, Colon. Okay. Uh, I'll probably put me in there as well. I'll put me in there That's as well. Sweet. Yeah. That's sweet. That's sweet. Hey, I love you, bro. I love you too, man. <laughs> Glenn is definitely the I love you oh, yeah. person. He, he, a, he will tell you every single time. And I, I do. I mean it. it. I've noticed it, too. I do. I mean that. I love you. I appreciate This show has been such a blessing. It has. Like, I truly love coming out here and doing yeah. this. Appreciate it. Are you about to cry? He is. I might. I might. The man bought me shoes. He did. Okay. My wife All won't right. do that. All, All right. <laughs> I stand corrected. Go ahead and, and you know, blink them back. Hey, real, real talk. This, um, we love doing this, man. We are so grateful that you came out and did another season with us. Hopefully, maybe. You never know. 2023, okay. we'll see. We'll you see. never know how things go. We'd love for that to be the case. Uh, we want to thank everybody who came out all season long. We've had a great group of regulars that have been with us all season for the Tyus Bowser Show for two seasons in some cases. Jameson, we love you, buddy. Belinda, her family. We love ev everybody. Thank you. Of course, we love Miss Wanda. We know that. We love that. Um, Tyus, thank you. Go get him on Sunday nights. Yes, sir. And then yeah. hopefully we'll do one more. Thank you to Press Box. Thank you to Great Eights Memorabilia. Thank you to Guilford Hall Brewery. Thank you to Maryland Vascular Specialist, the Ginsu Kamado Grill. We really have enjoyed doing this all season long. And thank you to 105.7 The Fan for partnering with us. This has been the Tyus Bowser Show.